Is this that we both have a summer cold, Cinderella? Uh, this is the everybody the, has the we're sniffles. Allergic, we're allergic to this one, Cinderella. <laughs> we're allergic to this. Everyone's got a summer cold. <laughs> Everyone's got sneezes. God. Ugh. Okay. All right. Welcome to the Cinderella podcast, where we watch and review every Cinderella adaptation we can get our hands on, discussing the same story over and over until we slowly go insane. I'm Liv. I'm Talon, and today we watched DJ Cinderella, a Brazilian film uh, from 2019, in which you would not believe it, Cinderella is a DJ. What? So this is just... <laughs> so this is just the DJ Cinderella, Cinderella, DJ. Some some of them just name themselves, like Sneakerella. Yeah. Cadaverella. Like, some of them are just really well-named. Just gonna say it. Everything you need, it is right there. So, we had a bit of a challenge watching this one. Um, we had a series of, I would say, unfortunate events. <laughs> Indeed we did. Indeed we did. <laughs> let, me just, let me just read you the first little bit of my notes. Fighting this is really hard, even though it's on Netflix. It just doesn't show up somehow. This is really hard. We've got two laptops and an iPad. One of us is on double mute. There's no earthly reason this should be this complicated. Now we're getting crazy echo feedback. This has taken like 30 minutes, you guys. Okay. Visuals, but no audio. Okay. If you mute this you and join as other you. Talon's got two headsets in from two different Zooms. Okay, it's been over an hour and it ended with me and Talon riffing on corporate meeting buzz phrases. We've amicably agreed to part ways. <laughs> that was... we did we did fully throw in the towel <laughs> we gave uh, up we gave up you guys we tried we had to do this separately so we split apart and then i just had like a lot of anxiety about watching this movie <laughs> and so i didn't watch this movie for a very long time so what we ended up doing is that Liv watched the film and took notes like a regular person and i watched 10 minutes of this film and took notes like a just completely neurotic person and, and then stopped and watched the rest of it just like full screen hands off the keyboard and that's what we got for you today yeah on the other hand in between me watching this movie and taking notes and us recording i've, I've edited a bunch of different episodes so now i have no idea what we watched because i'm thinking about if the shoe fits Oh, I am so sorry. <laughs> so, <laughs> we've, today's going to be just a real roller coaster for everybody. So, let's just, let's dive in. Let's dive in. This movie was also released under the name Cinderella Pop, by the way. So, if you want to find it, you might have better luck with Cinderella Pop. But only one L in Cinderella, because it's in Portuguese. Yeah. Because it's a Brazilian film. And it looks like it's maybe a Netflix original. And it features like 17, 15-ish year olds, maybe older. But it's rated PG. So I would put this fully as like the energy of a Disney Channel original. Yes, this is very much a Netflix attempt at a Disney Channel original. 100%. If yeah. you told me this was another Cinderella story, I'd be like, yeah, of course it is. Totes. Yeah, that's the vibe, dear listeners. So we open on this big dance scene. So it's, it's a club. My notes say that it is poppin'. Um, oh yeah, is that what it's doing? That is that is what this club uh, wants us to believe. And we get a voiceover. 
And the whole first bit <laughs> of this is Cinderella, whose name is Cynthia, doing a voiceover. And she goes, that's me living the dream to be a DJ in a big club. And she's wearing this big, heavy gold filigree mask with like a fishbone skeleton sweatshirt, t-shirt thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out that this is a dream. And she is, in fact, asleep on a table at a very fancy party that her parents are throwing. She is awakened by Patricia, who is her mean cousin. No, she's not. What are you talking about? Is Patricia not her cousin? No, what? No, it literally... No! It says Patricia's her cousin. It's like the second sentence we get. No, she's not. I swear to God. She's like a secretary that works there. I swear to God she's a cousin. Whose cousin is she, Liv? Well, she's, I think, the m- m- the aunt's cousin. She's someone's cousin. I swear to God she's a cousin. No, she just works there, dude. I... Listen. Okay, you, you did watch this more recently than I did. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, dear listeners, we'll figure this out and we'll get back to you. But, like, I'm right. <laughs> Okay. So would you like to would you like to share with everyone your discovery? Uh n- no. Uh yes, okay. Uh it turns out that the first line is Cynthia saying, This is Patricia. She's always crushing my dreams, but in my brain I just read crushing as cousin and was just like, Oh, this is Patricia, the terrible cousin, because I have an extended family where I have like seventeen thousand second and third cousins, so I'm like, sure. This is just a cousin of an extended family. Sure, she's like one of the household employees, but also a cousin. You know, like the aristocracy have. This is fine. I feel better. Okay. I feel better now that she's not a cousin. I'm glad you feel better. (laughs) (laughs) You and I watched very different (laughs) movies. I thought she was a cousin the whole time. Oh, God. Okay. So this is Patricia. (laughs) <laughs> she's an evil, fancy blonde lady holding a walkie-talkie, and she is nebulously employed by the household. Mm-hmm. Yes. She seems to be just, like, a household manager of some kind, who's also clearly, like, the next evil stepmother. Yes, very. But not yet. But very much so. Because the parents are both alive and, like... That was wild. Married. Okay. So, in this scene... Cynthia backtalks Patricia and is like, you're just a servant. You'll never, whatever, leave me alone. You suck. But it turns out that that was a daydream and she just wished that she'd said that. So instead she's like, oh, thanks, Patricia. You're the best. I'm going to go for a walk. There's like violins and classical music, but also jazz music. It's all happening around a pool, Mm -hmm. but everyone's dancing. Yes. Kind of. In very formal clothes. They're swaying. They're having like a prom. Together. They're in prom dresses. They're having like a great Gatsby pool party. Yes. Which obviously is going to go well. Those nothing bad ever happens at a great Gatsby party. I feel like this is pretty well known about that book. It's like that in the eyes of Dr. T.J. Eckelberg. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's describe Cynthia. Um, She's pretty. She's got dark brown, long kind of straight hair got a little wave at the tip and she has kind of an oval face she's got a little turned up nose she's just kind of medium 
I think at this point, she's 15. Later on in the movie, she will be 17. I think so. But it's not super clear. But yeah, she's a very nice girl. She's like very like fresh faced and yes. like she's not tomboyish, but she's got like a more girl next door energy. Yeah, she's wearing I would say. She's wearing like a pretty blue teal dress that just straps instead of sleeves and sort of is all chiffony and crosses over her chest and is kind of flowy and pretty. Yeah. As she's sort of walking through this party, we hear like the this quartet playing music and one of the guys who's like a very nice looking boy with curly hair mm-hmm. is playing I think the violin but it immediately pans down to show like he has a cute face and curly hair and then it shows him tapping his foot and he's wearing patterned socks and converse and mm-hmm. but the rest of his outfit is like very formal like he's wearing like either a suit or like a full-on tuxedo Mm -hmm. but we we shift away from him immediately yes and we go back to cinch's voiceover and she goes everything was always love at my house my house was always filled with love it was always a party no 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 she says life in my house was always a party that is very different okay and so we see her parents dancing together i have them down as a silver fox and a hottie super in love oh my god I wrote dark-haired woman dancing romantically with salt-and-peppered handsome man. Yes. Uh, this is a very attractive couple. And they're very obviously super in love. Cynthia tells us that everyone believed in love. Everyone except Aunt Helena, who is mad because her boyfriend was fussing at her because she was talking to a waiter. This is Aunt Helena, who I thought was going to be the bad guy for like a while but it turns out that she is the eccentric aunt and not the bad guy no those are easy to mix up she's very pretty and she's got short curly brown hair and she wears artsy clothing Mm -hmm. and she's always like less dressed up than everybody else around her yeah in terms of formality but is like always wearing something beautiful and interesting she's also just like the epitome of strong emotions she's just emoting all over the place all the time Her thing is that she's had a lot of exes and they've all sucked and she's very skeptical about love Mm -hmm. and also is like a wine aunt who's like, I'm going to drink and men are bad. Don't go next to men. Uh, Right, kid? Yeah. She also says a thing where her boyfriend's mad at her for talking, which turns out that he's not, but like, she's like, well, how dare he tell me what to do? Is he the one who pays my bills? And since she goes, I mean, isn't he? And Helena's like, I mean, for now, but only until I become Brazil's main concrete poet. At which point I was like, okay, if I translate this to English, instead of just having subs, will the English be better? No, the English is not better. That comes back. Evidently, she wants to be a concrete poet. I don't know if this is like already an established type of poetry, but if you remember the mom in Beetlejuice made like that horrible cement art and everyone's like oh okay and she's like it's art it's the poetry equivalent of that yes it is both very simple and like mildly unpleasant very much so since walks off from this gathering and she passes two girls who are also dark-haired and pretty and are possibly a little younger than her and are very fancily dressed. And they go, you look so pretty, like a princess. And she goes, you two look like the ghost from a horror movie. 
But she doesn't say that. Again, this is what she wished she could say, because these are Patricia's two terrible daughters. She's like, so actually what I said is, oh, you both look great. And then they sneer at her as she walks away. And then she bumped, she turns around and she's bumped into the cute guy who was playing the violin. And then she goes over to the DJ, whose name is Rafa. And that's the boyfriend. And that's the boyfriend that of the band. Uh, Elena is mad at. Mm -hmm. And she gives him the sheet music that she's arranged for her parents. Uh, I don't know how to tell you this, Talon, but I had a meltdown at this point and have like 17 pages of notes about this sheet music. Oh, great, because I said hands him a printout. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so And he goes, is this yours? And she says, this will spice up the couple song. And then I wrote, she's annotated the notes. Which I think is putting it lightly. What she's actually done is, like, I believe, re just rewrote different music in, like, a purple gel pen. It's so bad, guys. I, I'm not even, like, I, I play piano, and I can play classical piano, but, like, not well. I, I'm not, like, professional or anything. But I, I've been taking piano since I was a kid, and I can read sheet music. And what she has done to this sheet music is a crime. Like, it is an assault against man and God. It is it is just profligate evil what she has done to the sheet music. So she's drawn giant squiggles through every bar, just like top to bottom, like the way you would draw a wave. Then she's added more bars of music, like more lines of music to the top of the sheet, but it only has four lines instead of five, so there's literally no way of telling where she thinks that music ought to be, like what those notes are, because you kind of have to have five lines because that's how sheet music works. And she's also handing a DJ sheet music. Like what in God's name does she think that a DJ is going to do the sheet music? <laughs> DJ is kind of, I don't I mean, I'm not, I'm not like a Maybe big club person. Maybe she's just showing it to him. She is in fact just showing it to him, but I didn't know that yet. I thought she was handing it to him like, oh, play this next. And I'm like, what? <laughs> to be she... fair, yes, that is what it seems like she's doing. Yeah. So then I paused on the music. Guys, it's, it's for Elise. The, the, the song that she has rewritten is for Elise, the famous Beethoven piece. The you guys know that one she's got a crescendo in there that goes entirely from one side of the line all the way to the other like through the lines of the sheet music she's got a big old triangle in the middle of the music somewhere she's got a note that's like the highest note on the piano with a big squiggly down several bars of music to another note like this this hurts my heart and my hands and my eyes so much jesus christ so, like, she's not riffing on the music that is there. No. She just wrote different music on top of Fur Elise. It's, it's just a different song. Which, look, uh, it turns out that the father in this one is also terrible. And he will be mad at her about this in a second. And it really made me upset later when I super agreed with him. <laughs> Like, <laughs> yeah 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 so he well okay let's just let's just go and let's just let's just we'll go tell, we'll tell you as it happens okay so we don't get to see that right then because she like turns she hands she takes the music back and then a shoe hits her in the head out of nowhere it's the hot guy's shoe the converse and now he starts narrating and we do okay, like a wait, rewind no 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 the shoe hits her as she's narrating over everything because her aunt is 
complaining about Rafa still, and her voiceover goes, you know, Rafa and my aunt are opposites, but they form a perfect pair. People say love is like this. When it hits, it hits. And then there's a flying sound effect and the thunk because of converse, she hits her in the head. And then we pan around and it's that nice curly haired boy standing there awkwardly. And it immediately goes to his voiceover. We don't know that that's about to happen. No. And he goes, that's me, Freddie Prince. His name is Freddie Prince. Yes, like Freddie Prince Jr., the actor. No, this is not referenced in any way. I don't know if they know or not, but that's his name. I didn't know that. He goes, that's me, Freddie Prince. And now I'm going to tell my version of this party. And then the party actually rewinds with the rewind sound and everything. It's so great. It's so great. So we cut to him entering this party and he is filming a segment for what turns out to be his eccentric best friend, but who I initially thought was a terrible girlfriend because she's kind of mean to him all the time and really pretty. But it turns out that she's just a best friend, so I'm fine with it. They're childhood friends, and so they're just low-key mean to each other in a way that most people only accomplish with siblings. Mm -hmm. He's filming a piece for her, like, YouTube channel, which only has, like, a couple of followers. She's like, I, we're gonna see how the rich people live, blah, blah, blah. She wants him to give up on classical music and work on his music, and he's like, well... If I had given up on classical music, I wouldn't have this job and you wouldn't be here recording extravagant content for your terrible YouTube channel with six views. They just kind of tease each other back and forth. And she's like, yeah, well, you know, one day I'm going to have millions of followers and then you're going to beg me to be like on my channel with your songs. And he's like, I wouldn't even like deign to play on your channel. Every time one of them says something mean to the other, the other one, like, opens their mouth, like, in a very, like, (laughs) funny way. I actually really enjoyed it. Yeah. This best friend's name is Bay, by the way. I think her full name is uh, Belina. Yeah. Belina is her full name. But she goes by Bay. Yeah. Also, this guy, I have that he has puppy features. Like, he's more adorable than hot. Like, he's just cute. He looks like that actor who was on Glee, but he was also in that Harry Potter play. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yes. With the dark yeah. hair? Yeah, he looks like the guy that stars in a very Potter musical, whose name I don't yeah. know. Yeah, Darren Chris. He looks kind of like a baby Darren Chris. Very nice, very sweet, curly hair, big eyes. A very kind of like boyish, dark, handsome features. Yeah. Uh, he has like a very like, roguish smile and he does a lot of like wagging of his eyebrows when he's being slightly mischievous it's very cute bay is teasing him about always staying at home writing love songs by fighting a princess but never actually going out and you know looking for love and what are going to be our terrible sisters walk past him ignoring him but like they don't blatantly ignore him they don't like look at him and go ugh, and walk away they're just they just walk past him as he's having a conversation with someone else. So I was not really sold on these kids being as terrible as they wind up being at this point. So we have not seen them do anything bad. He's like, I mean, look at like who's here. Like, Oh, he goes, uh, these people have nothing in common with me. Yeah. Yeah. And then Sinsha bumps into him. And they both say, excuse me. 
Yeah, but like they don't make eye contact. She, just... she walks backwards into him, so they don't even look at each other's faces much. Yeah, and so uh, then now Patricia's mad at him. Patricia, our terrible blonde cousin, not cousin. No, no, she's not a cousin. Our terrible blonde secretary is mad at him for not wearing the appropriate shoes, and he goes, "I wish I told her you're not the boss. You're just a suck up secretary." But what he said was, "Yes, right away." And then he goes, "The powerful command; those with sense obey." So he goes to his bag to get out his formal shoes, but they are not in the bag. And he's like, hey, I, we have a problem. I don't have them. And Patricia's like, that's not a problem for me. Uh, this is a problem for you. This is a party for fancy people. Elegant. Chic. And he goes, rude. And she goes, sincere. Which can mean the same thing, depending on the situation. <laughs> she tells him to find a decent pair of shoes or get out. And then she takes his shoe, throws it, and sits in hits Cynthia in the head and then goes like oh my god Cynthia, are you okay oh my darling i have to kick this stupid boy out and Cynthia goes like seriously i'm fine let him play it's just sneakers like he can play in sneakers it's fine patricia visibly is frustrated by the fact that she no longer has standing to kick him out yeah because now there's people gathered around them kind of looking at this happening yeah so as like patricia's deflating Freddie Prince is in the background kind of wagging his eyebrows at her. Yeah. Kind of like, ha ha. Ha ha, yes. And then she tosses him his shoe back. This is not the Cinderella shoe. This is just a different shoe that happens to be thrown slash lost. Do not pay attention to this shoe. This shoe is not important. This is a red herring shoe. So then Patricia is standing out on the balcony like a villain in like a melodrama. Uh, which she is. She's playing this like the evil stepmother in the parent trap, the blonde lady. Meredith? Meredith Blake. Oh, so like she is so ready to be Cynthia's evil stepmother. Absolutely. And at this point, I'm like not clear on if she's planning on doing a murder to accomplish this or not, but she is not. She's not planning on doing a murder. But I was. I was briefly worried. So she's standing on this like marble balcony. Mm -hmm. Her arms are spread out like and she's looking down onto the patio where the party is happening. And her two daughters who we have not like explicitly said, but they're not identical twins, but they are like twins in the film. Yeah. The movie tells us that they are fraternal twins. Yeah. But they're dressed identical in like these a-frame floofy party dresses and their hair is up in an ariana grande ponytail with a big bow and one of them is dressed all in like a light pink and the other one is dressed all in a light green and they will continue doing this and one of them is giselle and the other one is graziel and i think graziel is the pink one and giselle is the green one but i'm not like committed to that so what we have with these with these sisters, we will find out later, is very much a golden child. We have a Marguerite and Jacqueline situation. So essentially yes. we have a pretty one and a plain one, even though they are both pretty. So there is one that is very obviously mother's favorite and the other one who is a little bit plainer and gets made of fun of for being fat all the time, even though she is exactly the same size as her sister and a totally normal child, albeit kind of spoiled. Which she knows. Which Which she knows. knows. And she keeps, like, she doesn't even engage with this. She's like, no, mom, I'm normal. Which she thought was really funny. I think the joke is that the preference is completely arbitrary. Because they're both very similar. 
And even though they're not identical twins, like they are they're very, very similar. They're always wearing matching outfits and they act very similar. Yes. And so the fact that the mom markedly prefers one to the other kind of like circles back and becomes hilarious because of how arbitrary it is. So Graziel is the pretty one. According to their evil mother, yes. According to their evil mother, yes. Okay, so. So they're identical. They're on either side of her. Like little minions. It's great. Oh my God. Little identical minions looking up adoringly at her. as She like does an evil villain monologue, basically. Looking down on all of the events that she has somehow apparently manipulated. Somehow. So they're complaining about how much they hate Cynthia. Patricia goes, annoying girl. How long will I have to put up with her? And then the stepsisters start bickering Mm -hmm. because the pink one, Graziella, is like, she has everything more than me. Like, she has more clothes and more shoes. And the only thing I have more of is, and Giselle goes, envy? I mean, that's something. It's pretty funny. And then Patricia goes, don't worry, girls. Our stories will change. And one of the girls is like, what, on Insta? Like... (laughs) (laughs) And then we leave the scene. Well, she goes, look, it's going to start. Okay, so we've established there's like a feud going on. And we cut down to Cynthia. She's sitting at a grand piano that's outside next to a pool where her parents As are dancing. As you do. I go, like, they do. have been dancing this whole time. They're doing like this almost like cursed fairy tale dancing where they're just <laughs> doing these slow circles together and they have not stopped this entire party. And often they are the only ones dancing. Cynthia starts playing for release like normal for her parents to dance to. It's not a super danceable song, you guys. Like just in general, it's not really made to be danced to. It, it changes speed a lot. That's sort of what makes it a beautiful song is that it's anyways, moving on. So and then she sort of pauses and sort of gathers her courage, which not like a great thing to do if you're playing music that someone's trying to dance to with a regular beat, you know, pauses are sort of discouraged. And so she starts doing her version, which she has made into an undanceable tango. (laughs) Her father is so caught off guard by this that he forgets how to stand up and just continues to trip over his own feet until he falls into the pool. So the things that she's doing to the music are like very loud and complicated and dramatic. Freddie Prince is super into it. Yeah, he's his friend Bay is recording it. And he's like, yeah, that's good. It's not. Her parents are visibly struggling to dance to it as he says that. So hard. They're trying so hard. And again, the dad just fails and falls into the pool. And at this point, I'm like, oh, my God, does he fall into the pool? And like, it turns out he had a weak heart and the cold of the pool kills him and he dies of a heart attack. No. One could only hope. One could only hope. Does he hit his head and like bleed out in the pool and die? No. No, that would be a really better world. He instead pulls himself out of the pool and he is furious with Cynthia because she has destroyed Beethoven. Okay, and that is not why he's furious at her. He's furious because he's embarrassed that he has fallen. He's just finding reasons to make it somebody else's fault. So Cynthia like runs over worriedly and he's like immediately like angry and he, and he's like what got into you and she's like i'm sorry it was a surprise i thought you would like it and then he goes like it it was beethoven and you messed it up adding whatever and the mom is like caesar easy 
His name is Caesar. And he goes, you've embarrassed me. So that's the actual problem is that he's embarrassed. Okay. And then since she has Aunt Elena, who's there, is like, you nailed it. Which makes me feel like she already things that Caesar sucks. She's clearly, there's a couple things she says later that lets you know that she's not been into Caesar for like a while. But her dad like heaves himself out of his pool in his fancy suit and angrily drip stomps his way into the house. This is the only time I will agree with the father. Don't change Beethoven. Like Beethoven's stuff is really good. If you want to work on like riffing on something, uh, something else. Like just leave, leave Beethoven alone. Okay, when he was like, it was Beethoven and you did that to it. You destroyed I didn't, it. I didn't want to agree with him. And it's not that it's Beethoven specifically that's the problem. But like, what did she do to it? That wasn't good. I don't get it. She just and made like what about loud it? parts. Like, and like, if she had like remixed it as a DJ. Right? I thought they were going to That would have like... made conceptual sense with her dream of being a DJ. Yeah, I thought she was going to give it. I thought we were just going to do like an Anna Kendrick, just like, oh, Pitch Perfect. We're doing Pitch Perfect. Great. I love Pitch Perfect. Or like if she had like remixed it with other music and they yeah. were and started it out as Spirit and then it was a medley all along. Yeah. Like that would have like been kind of being a classical music DJ, I guess. Like sure. you could stretch it. That would I be just, okay. I didn't get it and it didn't sound good. And it no. made. And also, the dad sucks. He does suck at this point. So anyway, so he's... He's stormed off. Damply. Dripping. And Patricia takes the the pink sister and leaves to go, like, take advantage of this situation, I guess. And so she brings the, the pink sister into the room, draws a curtain... With a remote. And gives her the remote and is like, you know what you have to do. Go hide. And the pink sister like runs away to hide in a hallway and i'm like what is happening i'm so confused but then the father caesar walks into the room like angrily and she's just like patricia's just sort of posing there dramatically like waiting for him and she's like caesar and he's like what a shame and she's like oh an important man like you doesn't deserve this but i'm here now my love and he just, like, complains about how he didn't even want to have this party. And she's like, I know. And the whole time, Graziel is, like, outside in the hallway, but she's inching closer and closer to the door and, like, is clearly listening to what's happening. Yeah. And then Caesar's like, Anna insisted on so much. And Patricia starts, like letting her mask slip a little bit because she's like well I don't complain do I you know I could say all sorts of things like you know you should be a real man and leave your wife and provide a good life for me and my daughters but I don't say that do I and he's like no you're always sweet to me see I don't think that was her mask slipping I think she did that very much on purpose that was very much a like no, I'm not complaining. It's it's fine that you haven't left your wife. I wouldn't even ask that of you. I'm not even thinking that. You're thinking that. I didn't even say that. Like, I think she's very much not letting her mask slip. She's doing 100% of this on purpose. Uh, and then they start making out because she's having an affair. Like, they're, they're having a, an affair, which I was not prepared for even a little bit. Because this is set in Brazil. And I was like, uh, we've got American subs. We just had a concrete poet 
And I, at this point, thought she was a cousin. So I was like, maybe she's his, like, second cousin or, like, the wife's cousin or something. And that they're just being, like, affectionate. Like, like <laughs> oh, hello, love. She her. Like, and she wraps a leg around him. We cut outside and the mom is comforting Cynthia. Like, oh, it's fine. You know, your dad was just surprised. And Elena is like, why are you defending him? You gave up your archaeology career to marry a fossil, which I thought was a pretty funny joke. <laughs> Mom is like, no, it was love. I don't regret it. It was love and I don't regret it. And just at that moment, the pink stepsister manages to like get the blinds to open with the remote. And the whole party can see him making out with Patricia. And Cynthia's voiceover goes, and I stop believing in love. Right then. That was when I stopped. Elena goes, but you're getting old now, though, don't you? Right? Like, <laughs> Oh, man. And so then we cut to Cynthia, like, sadly riding a bicycle in her fancy dress, which I was like, you're going to get that caught in the chain. You're going you're gonna to get the dress caught in the chain of your bicycle. Please stop. It's magic. And then we cut to her on the same bike, wearing, like, ripped overalls and glasses, and she's looking very comfy and very grunge. Yeah, she's, like, alternative now. All yes. of her clothes are dark. She doesn't believe in love. She's 17. She lives with her mom and her aunt. Uh, her aunt is still with Rafa, the boyfriend she was annoyed at at the party. Yeah. And he's clearly, like, super into her and a sweetheart. Yeah. But they don't believe in love. Love is, you know. Love is not for them. Men are bad. Cynthia tells us that, you know, we felt like our dreams had no limit. Mom had gotten this scholarship to an archaeology program. And Cynthia wants to study music in London. She wants to be a DJ in London. Like They keep saying it's study music. But she, okay, listen. Some of this plot hinges on how Cynthia's father doesn't approve of her being a DJ. A DJ. Mm-hmm. I will say that I think that it's very, very cool, but I am a little bit confused about why she needs to go to college for it. Yeah, I don't know that DJ is a is. I, I feel like it would be cool to go to London expertise. and like join like an artist commune. Yeah, so mom leaves. Rafa is super supportive of Cynthia. Cynthia is in her room and she's looking at a newspaper that says "Internet King of Love Ballads," and it is the hot dude from the party. It is Freddie Prince. Then we get a wild scene where Elena comes in and goes, "You've forgotten to feed the fox." And Cynthia's like. What fox? And Helena's like, the mouse. No, you the cat. Think- no, it's a mouse. It's a mouse named fox. No, it's has- a mouse named cat. No, it's a mouse named fox. Well, my subtitles said cat. She has a cat named dog. Yes. And she has a bird named chicken. And she has like a-, a parrot. She has a parrot named chicken. But the mouse is named cat. The mouse is definitely named fox. The point is... All of her exes give her a pet, and she names the pet after... Something about the ex. Yeah, so, like, this one was, like, double-dealing. He was a fox. And this one was cheating on me. He was a dog, so I named this cat that he gave me dog. And this one was too cowardly to ever really embrace, like, me and my poetry, so I named this bird Chicken, even though it's a parakeet. It's extremely bizarre, and one of the things I will want to go into is... Why do you think that every ex gives her a pet? Do you think that she, like, won't let them leave their relationship until they, like, give her a a tiny creature? I think that it's 
actually set in whatever the same universe is as Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Okay. And there's just like a lot of weird rules about breaking up with somebody and just like very specific rituals. Okay. Okay. That's fine. I'll buy it. Elena repeats again that like, you know, animals don't have pedigrees, but all men are mutts. For me, I only date, but I don't get attached. And that goes for Rafa too. And Rafa takes off his headphones and is like, did you say something, Cupcake? Since she's like, oh, I don't know if I believe you. You guys have been together for a while now. And then Helena performs one of her new concrete poems. And it's very, very strange. It's just like describing things that are in view of her right now, but dramatically and in a surprising order. It also appears that the rhyme scheme is very basic, like Dr. Seuss level basic. It's strange. She seems to be doing something that's like the equivalent of there is a cat. She lays on the mat. She does not have a hat. Yes. That is the cat. Yes. Your brick. Guys, <laughs> this poem is better than what we, what we listen to. This improvised poem of Talon's. Yeah. She's also saying it with a lot of, like, weird gravitas. And she seems, like, either angry or upset during it. But it's, like, that level of just stating nouns with different emotions. Yeah. But all of them, like, negative. Yeah. So, anyway, so so Cinch and Rafa are like, that was was great. That was fantastic. It It was great. Rafa offers to help Cinch practice, like, DJing. And... I like it. I like that she has to learn something and he's showing her how to do it and she's not instantly good at it. Like he's like, oh no, it's it's this way. You gotta feel the beat and you gotta, this is the button that does that. And we watched them just have like a little dance party montage and it's really cute. It is really cute and it was pretty instructive. I feel like yeah. that was the most I saw about the process that she's like super into at any point. Yeah. We don't really see her, like, doing arrangements other than this. No, no, not really. But right before that happens, I believe we get to see something that is very important to me. Because what I most care about in this movie is Rafa and Elena's relationship. And we see one of the first cracks appear because she asks them if they would like to hear another poem. And... Rafa excuses himself and he's like oh I'm sorry I've got to get going but he goes up to her and like cups her face in his hands and kisses her and calls her a softie because she made poetry he calls her his cuddly one routinely calls her his cuddly one and it's the cutest thing ever because she's so prickly that's so interesting I my sub said softie oh wow okay mine just says I'm telling you we had different subs we probably had different we had such a different mine actually said cousin it it didn't it said cousin no it didn't you checked (laughs) I watched you check you had me for a second but yeah so he's basically like just being sweet with her and she gets mad at him for doing it and she's like no that is not who I am I am not a sweetie like I'm not your sweetie and he's like oh okay and kind of takes it in stride for now i i got the sense that this is a thing that happens all the time and it is just a that's not what i want okay sweetie i'm not sweet okay 
I don't know. I had a different vibe with it because I have a similar thing with Garth. Well, so yeah, at this point, this seems fine, but I bring it up. Yeah, it does come back later. Because this is actually indicative of a larger problem. And if they don't communicate with each other, Liv, this could be the wedge that drives them apart. (sighs) Okay. Since she gets a phone call from her friend Lara so that they can go to school together. We see Lara as they like bike up to school. Lara has darker hair than Cynthia and is a little bit chubbier. She has curlier hair and she's just a little plump. She's very pretty. And as they pull up to school, the stepsisters pull up in their car and make fun of her for biking. And they're like, oh, why are you biking if you're still fat? And Lara, like no hesitation, immediately turns around and shouts at them like, well, better to bike than just go to the gym just to take pictures, which... I loved, and I thought that Laura was going to be, like, a total badass. Nope, that's not... That's... No. That's not her general vibe. Also, just a heads up, everyone. We're now in, like, a mean girl's private school yes. situation. Yes. Because Sinsha and Laura ride up to school on, like, a bike and a scooter while wearing purple schoolgirl uniforms. They're, like, burgundy. They have, like little vests over their little polo shirts it is adorable it's giving me very strong princess diaries yes energy yes where they're just like kind of two not losers but like they're doing their own thing yeah yeah so the sisters are mad about this but patricia tells them to be classy and does more fat shaming jokes to the less pretty daughter in in her her opinion. opinion and the sisters have come into the school and they're bragging about their birthday party because they're going to have a big birthday bash. They're turning 15. Which is upsetting. One of them is like, it's my birthday tomorrow. Are you coming to my big birthday bash? And the other one is like, I mean, it's our birthday because we're twins. And then Giselle goes, "Have we? do we think that Giselle is the pretty one or the plain one? I hate that you call them that. That's so messed up, Liv. Okay. The mom is not right. Well, they're both kind of mean, and they're both brunettes, and they're both basically identical. So... Yeah, but they were wearing pink but and I green. Didn't, the very thing you requested. But, I didn't, but like, they're not in pink and green now. Now they're in identical uniforms, and I didn't know which one they were then, because I didn't know that we were going to have a Marguerite and Jacqueline situation. I thought we were going to have two terrible stepsisters, but we don't. We have... That's true. So, like, I didn't note that so i just have them as pretty and plain okay. i'm sorry graciel is mom's favorite okay she's the pink one okay fine graciel is the pretty graciel so giselle is like it's it's our birthday we're we're twins like we're both having a birthday and graciel is like but we're not from the same father and giselle is like what even talking about like what would that even mean well no so the punchline to that insult is that graziel is like well there has to be a genetic explanation for why i look like this and you look like that okay sure she actually like was talking about like dna and genetics i don't know that that girl is smart enough to know about dna and, and genetics it is and it is theoretically, I think, possible, possible. what she's describing. I wonder if they're literally coming out of science and they just learned about that. Oh, yes, that's headcanon. That's true now. Great. So, Great. anyways, the point of this is they're having a birthday party. They're super proud of it. Freddie Prince is coming to their birthday party. Cut to Freddie Prince. 
Because daddy's like very rich and influential and he can just buy anything. Yes. So cut to Freddy, he's playing the guitar and he's just like the white guy at a party with a guitar. He's a blander John Mayers, yeah. which is like the meanest thing I can say to somebody. Uh, he's also now started wearing like sensitive guy button down shirts, mm-hmm. like lightly patterned and slightly floral. And it's very like, I'm folksy now. I'm deep. Yeah. And he's making like truly atrocious music. Oh, it's so bad. And he's like, oh, it's still missing something. And Bay, his best friend, is like, seriously, it's fine. Go get a girlfriend. This is ridiculous. Go touch grass is basically what she's communicating to him. She, by the way, has accomplished her goal. Uh, she has a bajillion followers. She is fully an influencer. People recognize her mm-hmm. like yes. at different points of this, mm-hmm. basically on the same level as Freddie Prince. So it sounds like they both did the thing that they wanted to do. Yeah. He's been mostly performing like online and people just keep hiring him yes because he's so cute and his internet songs are so good but they're not these are just the sappiest love ballads i've ever heard they're so bad you guys i would expect a higher level of fake boy band song from a cartoon yeah hard agree but we cut from this scene to cincha on the phone with her mom who is on an archaeological dig and is very happy. And mom is encouraging her to date and to find love. And since she's like, that's, that's stupid. That's not a real thing. And is complaining that the sisters are at her school now and that they have the audacity to call her father dad. Mom has to go and the sisters come up to brag about Freddie. And since she's like, I don't even like him. I didn't like his songs because she has a little bit of taste in music, this Beethoven thing notwithstanding one quick thing that comes out of the conversation with her mom mm-hmm. where since she is just like no love is stupid i don't believe in love how can you believe in love and her mom is like I- honestly i'm pretty pretty over it like i'm really happy right now and even though things went badly with your father like i was really happy for a while and it brought me you and you are just the most wonderful thing in my life and so i don't regret it yeah, I forgot about that. The mom does have a really healthy line. I thought that line came later for some reason. I don't have any notes for this part, so maybe not. No, but just I think like, you're right. I think that when she's like encouraging her to be open to love. So now, since she's like a little bit questioning herself, but just a little bit, I will say this for her: she completely captures the complete confidence and self assurance of a teenager that like has only just decided something about themselves oh yeah the conviction so the stepsisters are like oh something freddie's coming to our party and since she doesn't like him his music is stupid with depressing lyrics it is laura's like oh how can you not like his music i wish andre would say stuff like that to me andre is he's just a dumb boy he's blonde he's just like a boy that she thinks is cute and like he just like Loki sucks and he's super not into her. And every time she like is like, oh, we should all hang out. He's like, I don't want to hang out specifically with you. Like you had a shot. We're done. His line, I'm not interested. His line is, Lara, I've moved on. And she's like, no, I know that he really loves me. He told me that he loved me when we were seven. He said we were going to get married. Like he loves me deep down. He does. Andre and his friend who gets a name in the last like 13 seconds of the movie. Diego. Diego. Okay. 
So him and his friend Diego have made a phone app for cheating. And it's where the phone will buzz, a long buzz for like the number of question it is, and then short buzzes for A, B, C. It's a really stupid thing. And since she's like, wouldn't it be easier to just study? And they're like, <laughs> you're dumb. So we see them taking a test and they get very obviously caught. This is a terrible app. I mean, it looks like Morse code, but worse and more obvious. I mean, we, tr- we tried. We were going to learn how to do Morse code one summer so that we could cheat in class. And we didn't because it was easier to study. Genuinely, yes. I'm with Cynthia on this one. But the point is now there's a whole assembly and the teacher, the principal is furious with all of them. She's like, there are no more cell phones in school at all. And they're like, what about for recess? And they're like, no none you can't have a cell phone for any reason and since she's like but my mom is on the other side of the world literally the only time i can talk to her is at recess when it's bedtime for mom and the middle of the day for me that doesn't really go anywhere by the way no there so this movie was the worst at setting up very complicated pins and then just like knock over the last one and be like got it and you're like what what none of that had to happen there were a lot of ideas and I just want to, like, throw it out there. You don't have to do every single idea. You can just pick a few of the better ones. And by the way, this movie is an hour and a half. We're not that far into it. Like, a lot of things happen all the time. And most of them don't really go anywhere. Yeah. Like, But things just keep happening. Yeah. So Rafa has booked a pool party and is letting Sincha play for him there. And Helena's like, oh, it's going to be a great party. It's going to be awesome. It'll be a pool party. It's going to be wild. Yeah, it turns out that it is not wild. Well, so she's like, what kind of party needs a DJ at like 5 p.m.? And Elena's like, oh, they must be crazy. They're already getting like wild at five. Nope. It's a it's a geriatric pool party. They're all wearing, like, neon hats and big sunglasses. Yeah. And they're all just low-key dancing with each other, like, holding hands. Like, they're not doing any particular kind of dance. They're just sort of moving a little bit. So a very, very grumpy, very old lady comes up to her at her DJ station and is like, you need to turn down the music. I can't, I can't hear. And since she's like, that's the, like, if I turn down the music, you won't be able to hear the music. The old lady is like, I need to know your name so I can complain about you. And she goes, my name is Cynthia Dorella. And the lady's like, Cinderella, that's a stupid name, and walks away. And Helena's like, ah, DJ Cinderella, I like it. And then we cut to our step family, and I have that they're wearing the silly girl costumes from Beauty and the Beast. Oh, kind of, yeah. Yeah, just pastel, old-timey, costumey things. This costume choice was baffling. Like, I get the metaphor. They're doing, like, a full, like, courtly... Courtly princess thing. Cinderella thing, like... I get it, okay. but that doesn't play out. No, doesn't matter. With Cinderella at all. Like, her outfit doesn't really play into that. Nope. And their outfits are so bad that I thought that it was going to be, like, a tearaway reveal. No. Nope. That these were, like, the pretend costumes, and they were going to wear something more scandalous, and they were just tricking the father. Yeah. Because they're, like, not good to look at the waistlines are both too high and then extend for too long downwards so it's like a really weird elongated v corset shape but round it's it's just it's just bad it doesn't look good there's a lot of bows yeah around their like necklines it's it's just a lot and it's not flattering yeah Graziel can't stop criticizing everything and patricia's like 
Gratiel, stop criticizing. It makes you uglier than Giselle. And then Giselle looks at her like, what? And Patricia goes, sorry. And Giselle goes, that's okay, mom. And Patricia goes, no, I, I was apologizing to Graziella. Like, that was the mean thing that I said to her. Uh... And Giselle's like, seriously? And then Patricia's like, no, look, inner beauty counts too. And inside, you are full of pounds, say Graziella. Values, say Patricia. And values weigh a lot. I mean, count a lot. And Giselle's like, seriously? I am not fat. You guys both suck. And she goes just shrieking at Graziella, just like going to claw at her. But around the corner comes Caesar and they immediately switch to like cooing at each other like, oh, my beloved sister, you look so pretty. You're so pretty and thin and pretty. And they're saying like nice things about Patricia and they're like, oh, and look at mom. Yes, mom looks beautiful. Isn't she oh, just mom, like an you're angel. so young and like, and- you're so nice all the time. And they all kind of like side hug it's- and then they turn and Patricia's like, oh my goodness, Caesar, I didn't see you there. And he's like, oh, my beautiful ladies, you're all so sweet and kind. And you can tell that this is the kind of man that would like his family to behave this way to have zero personality and just be sweet and coo when he's in the room yep. and patricia has clearly read him as a man that wants like everyone around him to be convenient for him yes very much so so the dad is talking to them and he's like oh you're so pretty and we're having this court themed party and oh i just i wish Cynthia was like you and graziel shrieks pretty and Caesar is like, no, I mean, she's, she's beautiful. I just wish she was, like, sweet and charming. Which, like, we've seen since she's been a delightful child. Like, this is a good kid. It's because she has any opinions ever. Yes, 100%. And because she acts like a human being and not like a little toy doll. Yeah. and so Which is what he would like his daughter to do. Yeah. So Patricia is like, okay, well, let's just stop talking about her then. And the stepsisters thank him for hiring freddie for their 15th birthday and he's going on a trip and i'm like oh good now he'll die and she'll get like main custody of cynthia nope the father leaves and they immediately drop their nice masks and patricia's like i was poor but i was a beauty pageant and i worked at a firm by stealing the answers i found a way and she said she faked her swimsuit results yeah in the pageant so like i don't know what that means me neither i wonder if she like airbrushed abs onto herself or something no she's the point of the story is that she has cheated and stolen and lied to get everything she's wanted and it's worked every time and her tagline is like i found a way giselle at some point is like hey uh, stop telling me that i'm fat like i'm not fat i like myself as i am i'm normal and patricia goes no normal person likes themselves as they are i'm booking therapy for you which is terrible. That might be the best possible thing she could do for that kid. But was one of the funniest things I've heard. Like, that was one of the funniest lines in this movie. And my notes go, oh my god, how are we only 24 minutes into this movie? Oh, dear god. Yeah. Liv, this movie is so cursed. They're all cursed. Okay, so we get some more jar- some more nonsense about Cincha needing her phone, Lara being sad about Andre, who's still not into her. And uh, Cynthia and Lara don't have a nice relationship. Like, Cynthia's mean to her and calls her an airhead. And Lara's like, blah, blah, blah. Like, they're not... We don't have a very loving, healthy friendship between these two. And it made me kind of sad. 
they seem like they're good friends, but they're kind of snippy with each other in like a teen way. Yeah. They they do seem to generally have each other's back, but find each other mildly annoying. Yeah, they seem to be snipping at each other about important things rather than about trivial things. Is I think the dis- That's true. is the distinction that I would draw there. And so it it didn't hit me well. I didn't I didn't love it. Between the bickering, Lara's like, you should call your dad. Your dad's like a powerful guy. And maybe he can get the cell phone thing taken care of. Yes, yes. But then she doesn't call her dad. He calls her instead. Yes. She is not a fan of his. Like, when he calls her, she goes, yeah. And he's like, Cynthia? And she's like, yeah, who else would it be? And basically, he wants her to go to the party. And she's like, I don't want to go to the party. And he's like, I really want you to go to the party. And she's like, no, I, I do not want to. But uh, question for you, they have banned cell phones from the school. And basically she asks him and he tries to blackmail her. He's like, oh, if you come to the party, I can get you the phone. And she's like, mm, no, not interested. I don't feel like being blackmailed. Thanks. Yep. And we don't see this conversation fully play out, but she tells her aunt, like, I'm not going. So, yeah, so she gets to this party where she's going to DJ and she's telling the doorman who she is. And as she's being like, oh, I'm the DJ, the stepsisters are there because, of course, it is the same party because, of course, it is. So they're like, oh, you're here. How great. Well, her dad sees her. Yeah. He's like, that's my daughter. Yeah. So... This was an honest mistake of Rafa's. Yes. And Cynthia also didn't put it together. Like, she knew the address of the party. Because it doesn't appear to be at their house. No. It's, like, at a venue. Yes. So, like, Rafa didn't put it together. She didn't put it together. So, it's just, like, a weird, unfortunate accident, yeah. basically. Yeah. So, now we have the, oh, she's got to be in two places at once somehow. Freddie arrives at the party. The sisters, like, fling themselves at him. And... Patricia steps forward and hands him her hand and he kisses it and is like, have we met? I'm very famous. Well, he's like, have we met? Because she looks familiar to him. Oh, and she's like, oh, I'm very famous. I was a swimsuit model. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. He's clearly like, I remember I hate you, you for some, for some reason. reason. I feel like you suck. Wait, where my- did I see you? So like two years ago, he played a party for this evil woman And that's how much of an impression she left that in a completely different context, after he's now like a superstar and she's wearing like a fancy dress and not holding a walkie talkie, he's still like, I'm getting bad vibes from you. I I feel like I hate you. So Sancha has called Helena for help. Helena has scaled the fence and has brought a hilarious like queen of hearts costume princess dress. They explain it. By having her wear it earlier. Yes. And saying that she's using it for a performance. And she also had a mask. Yeah. And this is a masquerade. But it wasn't clear why she had this outfit either. No, so it's like because she's just the weird aunt that has that. I mean, I am I am that weird aunt. Like, hey, do you happen to have a Renaissance outfit? I do. Yeah, what kind? Yeah. This is not a Renaissance outfit. This is a spirit Halloween outfit. Yes, it of is. Of like a sexy queen of hearts. That she wears over her fishnet stockings. And she wears these little black converse that have little card symbols on them. And it's not clear if those are ones that she already owns and it happened to perfectly match the dress her aunt brought. Or if her aunt 
had enough time to doodle on some shoes for her. I'm not sure. Either way. So she gets into this outfit and she's wearing a mask. Her hair has not changed at all. And she goes up to the DJ like booth thing and starts playing music and everyone's like, oh yay, the DJ's here. Thank God. Everyone starts screaming at her to play a Freddie Prince song and she's like, ugh, fine. And so she starts putting it on and it's a really lame song. My notes go, is she going to do an Anna Kendrick? Yes, she is. Remix time. And she basically just drops a decent beat behind this terrible, sappy love ballad. But also, like, it's still not that good of a song. And everybody's dancing to it in a way that you could not dance to it. Nope. They're all kind of, like, thrashing around. Like, it's, like, a really cool track. And, like, the beat is about to drop. But it's not. Freddy's in the back dressed up like a caballero. Like, he's dressed up like Zorro, basically. He also gets a fancy mask, courtesy of Bay, yes. because he doesn't want to get mauled, even though he's there as a guest. On purpose. And has been hired. To make a public appearance. To play music. And he's there for a birthday party. And, like, he knows he's there for a birthday party because they tell him, it's our birthday. It's my birthday more than hers. It's so weird. Uh... But that's fine. The stepsisters are furious that there have been changes made to this music. They're like, what have you done to this music? It's ruined. And Freddie hears it from backstage and is like, oh, the song is kind of awesome. Which, no, it's not, but okay. So then this guy <laughs> gets up on stage and is hanging out behind where Cynthia is DJing and is like trying to have a conversation with her. And she's basically like, you're not in the right place. And I'm working. Go away. And he's like, oh like what do you think of the song well he goes i like what you did with the song and she goes yeah i had to fix up that cheesy nonsense and he's like wow uh okay <laughs> okay and he's immediately in love with her like this is the moment he falls in love for realsies no he's definitely annoyed at her like i got that he is irritated by this but in a i'm in love with you but we're about to have a fight about it okay yeah and she's like yeah, uh, love is an illusion. And then they argue about whether or not love exists. And he's like, well, it can't be an illusion. So many people see it and feel it. And she's like, that's not real. And he's like, what about love at first sight? And she's like, oh, so you just think love is just a pretty face? And he's like, well, what about the opposite of love at first sight? And she's like, what would that even mean? He's like, it's when you fall in love with someone and you don't even see them yet. You just like, you know them. And she's, and she's like, I don't think that's the She's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And Patricia comes up to yell at her for ruining this music. And Freddie, still in his mask, goes, I actually like it. And Patricia goes, who cares what you think? And he immediately takes off his mask and is like, I'm Freddie. And then he remembers her. Yeah. And then Patricia's like, oh, your opinion is the only one that matters. Which I'm like, okay, movie, if what you're doing is the he goes around in private like Prince Leonard to realize that everyone is terrible... You need to have his dramatic reveal be later. Like, you don't do a dramatic reveal instantly. That defeats the entire point of having a dramatic reveal. You haven't... No, this has nothing to do with them being masked. It's it's so weird. It's just an unrelated idea. Like, the masquerade is not thematically relevant in particular. Yeah. It's just that it's how they had a conversation. And in that conversation, she was kind of mean. Yeah. And he was into it. Yeah. So... Cinch is a little stunned that this is Freddie Prince and he asks for her name but Patricia is right there and she doesn't want to say who she is because she's not supposed to be there so she's like oh I'm, I'm DJ Cinderella 
And then it's midnight and she has to leave. So she runs back and changes clothes quickly, but accidentally leaves one of the well, shoes under the chair. So it's not that she has to leave. It's that he's going to perform at midnight and she needs to get away from this conversation because she has both just been really mean to his face and is now processing that. And also Patricia keeps throwing her suspicious looks. Yes. And she's got to go. Yes. So the midnight thing is also completely irrelevant because she changes clothes quickly. And yes, she leaves behind mm -hmm. one of her like doodled on Converse. Yes. But she just changes into her previous party outfit with the same exact hairstyle. She's got two little bangs like framing her face and a high ponytail. It's ridiculous. Like she didn't even change enough dude to like doing hair down. Nothing. Nothing. Anyways. So she just goes back and, like, joins the party kind of in the background mm -hmm. and then tries to leave us herself. Yes, which we see Patricia and Helena sniping at each other. At one point, Patricia's like, you know, he's better off with me. He has respectful daughters now. Cynthia joins in and she's like, I mean, you're kind of a gold digger, so I don't really know that he's better off, but whatever. And then she goes to leave and Patricia stops her and is like, hey, uh, I know it was you. You didn't even change your hair, you idiot. Like, because, <laughs> oh, yeah. So what happens is Freddie is like, oh, I always ask a girl from the audience to dance with me. I want a girl with strong opinions and rhythm. And he calls DJ Cinderella to the stage. Which is really messed up because they're literally paying him to be there. Like, this is not one of his concerts. Yeah. No, this, this is their birthday party. He's there for a birthday party. And instead of asking the birthday girls, of which there are two, onto the stage, he just met a girl that he's into. This is, like, insanely unprofessional. You can't do that. That's not okay. Yeah, but Cynthia is kind of glowy about this. She's like, <gasps> and Patricia's like, yeah, I know it was you. Don't do it. I'll tell your father that you were out DJing. He'll destroy your freedom. And so Cynthia leaves. She's mad. Freddie goes backstage and finds the shoe as no one comes forward. And then we cut to Lara and Cynthia, and Lara's playing the same Freddie song, and Cynthia's like, could you please turn it off? I'm trying to study. They talk about love making you lose focus. Helena does some more, like, wacky ant antics. And then we cut back to the father's house, and Freddie is there. Patricia's coming down this long, winding staircase to greet him, and he's like, I remember you. I played this house two years ago. You're horrible. Yeah. And she's like, well, uh, I live here now. Like, I'm still in charge, so whatever. And he's like, it doesn't actually matter. Uh, who was the DJ from last night? Because I really like her. I feel like I'm in love with her. Which I don't know why he tells Patricia, because he knows she's awful. And Patricia's like, oh, that was my beautiful daughter, Graziel. And Freddie's like, um, I don't think it was. I met Graziel. She looked really... And I'm pretty sure... That wasn't I'm her. pretty sure that wasn't her. Especially since, like, the only thing Graziel says to him at any point that they interact is I love you I am your biggest fan mm -hmm. that's that's it Freddie's like I felt something really rare for her and Patricia's like love is rare you have her mother's blessing she is super romantic and wants to be a DJ but her father won't allow it and I of course support her but that's why she had to wear a mask at her own birthday party yes. because you know he was there and so we we couldn't let him know but she really wanted to perform she loves to do this yeah I will arrange a meeting for you uh it won't be here because of her father uh but I'll I'll figure something out and she basically ushers him out 
and he is suspicious, but is kind of going along with it. He's kind of clueless. He's not the brightest of boys. He's like, this is weird, but he's not like, this woman is not trustworthy. Yeah. So we cut back to the school, and the two boys, Diego and Andre, invite Diego goes up to Cynthia and is like, hey, gorgeous, do you want to go out to the Midnight Club? Like, we're all going. And Lara jumps in and is like, oh, well, Cynthia will only go if all four of us go as a double date. Andre, you're coming with me. Like, we're all going. So the dynamic between Lara and Cynthia is like a little bit unpleasant. But the overall dynamic of there's two people that want to date other people. Yeah. They have both bullied their friends into making this happen because as much as Cynthia doesn't want to go out with Diego so that Lara could go out with Andre, Andre equally doesn't want to go out with Lara and he's giving Diego the same look and Diego's just like shrugging his shoulders and throwing his arms up like, look, what can I do? This is happening. It's already happening. I guess this is what we're doing now. And, And Andre's like, I don't want to. I don't want to. And I did really like that parallel that all of the teens are equally, like, Not. kind of shitty teens. Yeah. And I, I did really like it. I don't know. Yeah. So we go home. Cynthia is complaining about this to Helena, who is sad because Rafa doesn't want her to go to whatever city he's going to, to DJ. He's, like, out of town. And usually he invites her to go to this club that he's playing at. And I think she says no is what usually happens. Yeah. And he didn't invite her this time. So she's or sad. like he hasn't called her as often as he usually does. Yeah. So she's she's sad about it. But we leave that scene now and we go to the Midnight Club and we see the four teens there not really having a great time. This appears to be some sort of teen club as they have on like Nickelodeon teen shows yes. and Disney Channel teen shows yes. in which it, it looks like a nightclub, but all of the drinks are free and no one's like checking IDs and they're all definitely just like orange juice. Oh yeah, they even say like they're sodas, like they're just, they're sodas, like it's, yeah. this is the weirdest thing. It's just like a cool teen place. Oh my God. So yeah, they're, they're there. And it turns out that Freddie and Bay are there too. And Freddie's sort of talking to Bay about how much he wants to meet this DJ chick. Lara's being really clingy with Andre. And Andre's like, hey, why don't you get me a soda and I'll be right back because he has seen a hot girl. And the second that Lara leaves, he just makes a beeline for this hot chick. Bay is nearby and she sees this interaction and she is not thrilled. And she steps in to try to talk some sense into Lara. And like Lara turns around and bumps into her and spills soda and is like oh my god you're bay you're the influencer and bay was like yes hi oh it's so great to meet a fan oh she sees that lara is a fan and she's like yes i am an influencer do you like when i talk about loving yourself and like being powerful and lara's like yeah Yeah, i love that absolutely and she's like okay you should do that yeah. And is trying to like convince her that Andre just like sucks. But without being like Andre sucks. Without directly saying it. Yeah. She goes deep down, do you love yourself? And Lara's like, yeah. And she's like, Ugh. you know, like, do you feel like good when you hang out with that guy? Like, is that, do you feel like, like... does that feel good? And then so basically at the end of all of it, she's being actually like very like hands off about it. Yes. But, 
at the end, she kind of like gives her another broad hint with, now should I order you two drinks or one? But Lara goes for two, so she's still going to try and bring a, bring a, juice, over a juice over to Andre, who's clearly flirting with somebody else. Yes. And now uh, the stepsisters and Patricia show up to this teenager club, too. Freddie meets them and is like, you're my princess. I haven't been able to stop thinking about you. And Graziella's just like, I love you. Your music is the best music of all time. I'm your biggest fan. And Freddie's like, um, I don't. You were, you were saying different stuff the other night. It's just that I love that scene. Like, I love the scene of trying to pretend that you are a different person and saying all the wrong things and then trying to backpedal but doing it badly. That's really funny for me. She didn't even try to back backpedal. No, she didn't even really try to backpedal. <laughs> like, she's not... I can't say it. I'm not trying yet. I've said it, like, three times, and it's bad every time in the same way back pedal good job back pedal no no that was right you did it right that was right that, was, that didn't that didn't sound no right it didn't to me. sound right to me either for some reason you said it wrong so many times doesn't matter it doesn't matter okay so she's not even trying really to back pedal um she's just stop okay she's not even <laughs> she's not even trying to walk it back okay She's just... She's not even trying to walk it back. She's just doing yes and. Yes. When Freddie is like, but didn't you say before? She's like, oh, yeah, I was lying before. I love you. I think you're great. And she she doesn't even consider for a moment that she's saying the wrong thing. Patricia behind her is seeing that this is not going great. Yeah. But is powerless to stop it. Meanwhile, Diego is still hitting on Cynthia with some really terrible pickup lines. He's doing a lot of like, hey, baby, did it hurt? Hurt when? When Like, hurt what? Like, when you fell from the sky. Like, that level. Of terrible pickup lines, yeah. Like, I'm tired because I'm lost, lost in your eyes. Like, stuff like that. It's all, like, very corny. This level of corniness, like, translates all language. Because even though they're not ones that I've heard before in English, man, I know exactly what he's putting down and she's not picking it up yeah he puts he puts an arm around her shoulder at one point and she literally like rolls her eyes visibly gags flings his arm off her and is like nope i'm out and just walks away yeah she literally pieces out of the date because she's like you know you can only take so much and diego just sort of pivots to giselle who Is, is just hanging out yeah and he comes up to her and he runs the eye line by her and she has the same exact response as Cynthia did, except she says it genuinely. So she goes, wow, that's really original. Yeah, and he's like, yes, it is. And he's just thrilled that this has worked on a pretty girl. Yeah, now they're an item. Yeah. So Freddie turns away at this point from Graziel to complain to Bay, like, hey, this is the wrong girl. Something is happening here. And Graziel is like, what should I do? He doesn't like me. It's not working. And Patricia's like, just just kiss him. Just, like, go ahead and kiss him. She's 15. Um, it's fine. I think this dude is, like, older than Cynthia. Yeah, I think that he's probably, you know, at least 20. Which... Yeah, yeah, definitely. See, now I'm just having a lot of flashbacks to being 15 and the shit that I did. And now I'm feeling like... <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, that's what she does. Graciel just lunges in for a kiss. And then she sort of jumps on him while he's already been pulled in. She's just holding his face to her face, but also has wrapped both her legs around him Mm -hmm. and is just hanging on to him like a koala. I was going to say. And I will say, this is the least sexy kiss I have ever seen in my life. It was the height of physical comedy. It was incredibly impressive choreography. Yes. Just like 10 out of 10 god-awful kiss. I was going to say, we do call this koala mode at my house, where like, Garth will pick (laughs) me up. Not for kisses, but, like, he'll pick me up and do, like, big hug, and I'll wrap my legs around his waist, and he'll be like, okay, time to put you down now. And I'm like, nope, I'm doing a workout now where I stay up just by, like, the power of my thighs. And he's just like, okay, I guess I'm just going to start walking around the house then. And it, I mean, you do aerials. I feel like that's, like, a considerable threat. It is. Uh, it's also a really good workout for me. So, like, it's it's good for both of us. But then occasionally he'll start tickling me because my ribs are in a very vulnerable location. And, and then I have to squeak and let go. Of course. And then I fall. It's fine. <laughs> so anyway, so Cynthia turns around just now and sees this kiss and reads it as super romantic and that definitely nothing weird is happening with this insane koala attack kiss. She does not pick up on the amount that Freddy is not enjoying it or consenting to it for that matter. She's just like horrified and she whips around and she's basically in tears. And she bumps straight into Lara, who spills both of the sodas again. And is like, oh man, again. And since she looks up in time to see Andre just full on making out with the hot chick on the dance floor. And Cynthia does not want Lara to see this because she knows that Lara will be heartbroken. So on one hand, good not wanting your friend's heart to be broken. On the other hand, you know your friend is unhealthily obsessed with this guy who is a total douche. Maybe now would be a good time to let her organically see what a dick this guy is i didn't realize that she was trying to block her from seeing i didn't pick up on that like at all Oh, so she sees fast and she like grabs lara's other hand to turn her away from the dance floor oh and it's like we have to go and hauls her out oh so like that was i don't know i missed that wow she should have just seen that yeah i know i think she needed to see that right because like that's gonna come up later in the sense that it just happens again. So there's no reason for it to happen. But then now. that time she does see it and she has personal growth, which she could have accomplished what? like in the second act instead of the third act. Yeah. So I don't know. Like he, sh- whatever. It was dumb. The the pl- the pacing of this movie is super bananas. What pacing? There is no pacing. There are only sequences of events that just keep happening over and over. Until the movie's over. Yeah. So Bay has the bright idea of figuring out that the right girl will have, like, the other shoe. So Cinch is in her room feeling sad and listening to Freddie Prince because she secretly does like his songs now. Which doesn't make any sense because the songs have not gotten better or anything. They're just like, I looked into your beautiful eyes and they were beautiful. And you're probably my soulmate. And I can just tell. Yeah, like that. Rafa comes back in and it turns out that he is leaving for good because he and Helena are breaking up, which like he doesn't seem that heartbroken about. No, I think he's trying really hard not to like spill any of this over on Cynthia because I think he's like trying to keep it together. In retrospect, I agree with you. In real time, I was like, 
uh, he doesn't seem bummed at all. And Cynthia also doesn't seem bummed. She's just like, I mean, yeah, I kind of figured you guys have been together for a while. Like, hey, what's she going to do? No, I think she's just scared to talk to him about it because she's really bummed. Yeah. And so, like, I, I think it's, like, a really touching moment within the framework that it's in. But then they talk about her doing a DJ gig. He's gotten her one last gig. It's at the Midnight Club, you know, where they just were. The scene where we just were. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he got it, like, to say sorry for the party debacle. And he tells her to take care of Helena. Then as he's packing up, Patricia calls him. And it's like, hey, who was... I'm somebody else. I'm somebody different, not Patricia. I'm Patricia. It's something silly. She no, she she keeps calling herself Sue Ellen, but with a Portuguese accent. So I don't know if Sue Ellen is a name, but whatever she's saying sounds really close to the word in Portuguese that means smooth, according to the subtitles. Yeah, so that's a joke. So he keeps being confused. Yeah. That she's like, yes, I'm smooth. And he's like, oh, hello, smooth. And she's like, no, Sue Ellen. And he's like, okay. And that's like all it ever. It does. That's as far as it goes. Yeah, but it comes back several times. So evidently, that was supposed to be really funny. They were they put, were putting a bunch of chips on that being funny. But yeah, so she's like, my daughter saw DJ Cinderella at a party. She was so great. Like my daughter's obsessed. I would love to like hire her. Like, what's her contact info? What's her name? Where is she playing next? Yeah. And he's like, oh, Cynthia Dorello. Yeah, she's amazing. That girl is so smart. She's, like, about to get a scholarship to go study in London. You're, like, in luck. I think this is going to be, like, her last gig. She's going to be at the Midnight Club this weekend. Which, like, okay, one, Rafa, great job hyping up your girl. On the other hand, oh. we don't give out information like that to strangers for underage girls. Because best case scenario, it's an evil stepmother. Like, buddy. You get mm. anyways. The problem is that Rafa doesn't know he's in an evil Cinderella stepmother movie. He doesn't. He thinks he's like in a cool girl power movie. To be fair, I think he thinks he's in a rom com starring him and Helena. Yeah. So since she comes in and she's really excited, but she sees Helena on the sofa being very sad, and sits down with her and they have a real heart to heart and Helena has a puppy because Rafa has given her the tiniest, cutest little Jack Russell Terrier puppy. Okay, I think I figured it out. Okay. I think all of her exes have been training her to love and take care of something more challenging <laughs> every time. Oh my god. Because it seems like she first got a bird. Like, you need to practice loving something. Start with a bird. And then she got a, like a mouse and then she got a cat and now she's got a dog. Oh my God. And so she's just practicing being affectionate. That's brilliant. I'm pretty sure that's what they're going for. Yeah. So she's like, oh, I always name these after my exes. I should name it. And you can tell that Cynthia is concerned that she's going to give it a name like cockroach or dickhead or something. So she's like, you should name it DJ. DJ is a great name for a dog. And Helena's like, no, I'm going to name it love. I didn't give Rafa a chance. Like, I pushed him away. I messed this up. I'm really sad about this. She was like, that's not how I think of Rafa. Yeah. 
I think of him as love. It was, it was so touching. It was so yeah. sad. Like uh, uh, you should not give people pets as gifts unless like they specifically have expressed wanting that. And even then and they know what's happening. Even then you should go pick it out with them because that's like so one, I don't approve of giving people pets as gifts. One hundred percent agree. On the other hand, you're in a fictional movie, so it's more okay. But also as a metaphor, this is beautiful. I wept. Yes. I was like so moved. Yes, this was such a touching scene. And I was like, you have to tell Rafa. And she can't yet. She has to practice telling it to the puppy. It's so good. I wanted Helena and Rafa's movie with like a Cinderella happening in the background. I wanted Rosencrantz and Guildenstern or Cinderella. That's what I want so much of the time in these movies. Yeah. And then and then Cynthia just performs at their wedding. And that's like the big musical number at the end. Yes. Agreed. That, that's Freaky Friday style. Yes. Without any of the rest of it. 100%. Yes. So Freddie has posted a video on Bay's channel being like, DJ Cinderella, show up at the Rock Cafe where we met. So a different club again. This is back where the party was, which is not the Midnight Club. And this is going to be the day after her DJ performance. Yeah, and, and bring the other shoe. Lara has somehow figured out that this is Cynthia, and Lara is angry at her for having kept a secret. But Cynthia has a phone at recess now because her dad called and made an exception for her because she did wind up going to the party. So he's like, oh, the blackmail worked. Great. I will continue to do this going forward. This, this is was very effective. Good job, me. I am so great at parenting. 100%. That's what happens. And her mom urges her not to hide from love. So then Patricia comes over to visit Helena's house. And Helena's like very badly sneaking in the corner. Patricia's talking with Cynthia and is like, look, I'm going to tell your father about the gig at the club. And Cynthia's like, he'd never let me be a DJ. And Pat was like, oh, like, like he'd never leave your mother or let you live here. And I was like, oh, dang. That's, that's a really good point, Pat. Like... Dick move for pointing it out, but that's that's a good point. And she goes, that's the power that a woman has over a man in love. And Patricia's like, look, nothing matters to me but my family's happiness. Give me the shoe so that Graziel can go pretend to be you. And I will make sure that your father is on board with you going to London and being a DJ. And that boy would only get in your way anyway. He would blind you to your goals. And she's like, let's have peace. Yeah. And since she is, like, mad, but she's thinking about it. Mm. And she basically is like, you know what? Fine. Just whatever. And she goes and takes, like, a bag and puts a shoe in it and hands it to well, like, Patricia. Well, she goes to her room and picks up a shoe and the puppy comes in. The little Jack Russell puppy named Love. Oh, yeah. And it, like, yips at her. And she looks at it for, like, a long time and then she gets sort of a mischievous smile. And then, yeah, she, we don't see what shoe she's picked up. We just see that she comes back and she hands Patricia a bag with a shoe. And, like, it's pretty obviously the wrong shoe. Oh, I didn't realize until she specifically said afterwards. Yeah, well, okay, so here's the thing. It's very obviously the wrong shoe. And I'm like, oh, there's going to be a big reveal at the club where Graziel pulls out the shoe. And it's the wrong shoe. But no, one second later, Helena comes in and is like, tell me you do not give her the shoe. And Cynthia's like, no, I didn't give her the shoe. I gave her the wrong shoe. And you're like... No, I liked it because that was the way they've done every humor beat before this. And I'd rather they be consistent. They keep giving us the like, haha, just kidding. Psych. But then they... That's what I wish I'd said. But then they follow through. 
that drove me okay but that's what i wish i'd said is a different comedy beat than oh i'm setting up a possible reveal here's the reveal but it's still gonna happen in two scenes and you're like no they did that no they did the same thing with freddy taking his mask off where they're like is it somebody else no it's freddy i don't like it any time that they do it i get that it is consistent but it is consistently bad i mean yes it's bad but i would be more annoyed if the movie had trained me to just like not expect anything to play out and then tried to get me to buy into something with actual stakes or like a reveal that i could see coming and that wasn't going to be surprising anyway and it's like, okay, yeah, you faked us out every time. You didn't this time. There it is. Like, uh, I would have found that more annoying. We clearly find different things annoying. Yes. So we cut to Club Midnight, where Sinsha is performing. Okay. And... Wait, wait. I have... This is this is the performance from her dream. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's in Club Midnight. She's wearing that shirt yes. with the fish skeleton. Yes. Which means that when she was dreaming about it, she literally had the outfit picked out in her mind that she would wear if she were to DJ at Club Midnight. You're right. So yeah, so she's at this club. It's the beginning dream sequence. She's so happy about it. And the father comes in and starts yelling about... She's underage. Yeah. I am her father. I do not give my daughter permission to be doing this. And then he's like, you're a delinquent. And at some point I was like, oh, this is not a dream sequence. I thought this was a nightmare sequence. No, literally, this is what's happening in exactly the same way that Patricia interrupted her dream sequence. Patricia interrupts while standing in the same position. Yeah. And this is, like, so incredibly embarrassing to be DJing at a teen nightclub and getting pulled off stage by your dad and your stepmother. Yeah. And he's like, you're a delinquent. It's because you live with your terrible aunt and her no-good boyfriend. You're coming to live with us. Or I will get Elena and Rafa for child exploitation. And I was like, and mm, blackmail dad, blackmail dad, you suck. Blackmail dad, it worked once. Yeah. The worst part is that, like, they did do some things that probably were questionable. Yes, but like, like, this is not an idle threat. Like, he could really make problems for them legally. Yes, they did things that and were, he like... Could make, like he could make, like, the custody agreement between him and Cynthia's mom, like, really contentious. Because, like, maybe she wasn't supposed to leave her in the care in somebody of somebody else's care yeah. and, like, when he's available. Yeah. And, like, I want to be clear. Helena and Rafa have obviously made, like, good decisions based on this particular child. And her level oh, yeah, of like yeah, yeah. talent and responsibility. So like technically, yeah, not supposed to do that. But like, I mean, she's also just like almost graduated. She's very obviously yeah, one of those she's kids like who's a month, like okay. She's like a month away from studying abroad in London. Like she can play doing in a this night exact club. thing. Like I don't care. Yeah, no, it's it's a mean threat. So she gets moved into this very tiny bedroom, and it's got all this junk in yeah, it. They haven't even set it up for her. And her father is like, oh, this was the only room available because we're doing renovations and it has some storage, but Patricia will make it comfortable for you. And then and then he leaves. Well, no, no, no. And- he goes, I'm glad you're here. You'll have a dad who's around now. And I'm like, mm. And then immediately Patricia's like, oh, when are you getting back from your trip that you're leaving on right now? And he's like, oh, you know, eventually. And then he looks at her and she just has a poker face. And, like, 
I think she doesn't like him. I don't think anybody likes him. He sucks. Like, she's locked him in, but she's also taking moments to kind of poke at his ego and kind of, like, show him up while doing, like, a butter wouldn't melt in my mouth kind of face at him. I just think it was just juxtaposed the position of Caesar being like, I'll be around now. I'm leaving immediately, but, like, I'll be around now in the future. Yeah, but sort she's of. setting him up yes. to do that. So, which, like, she's undermining him, which is interesting. So I think she's mad at him for bringing Cynthia into their home. The father and the sisters leave, leaving Pat and Cynthia alone. And Cynthia's like, why did you do it? And Patricia's like, well, not to get you living here. Obviously, that was a miscalculation. <laughs> she's like, that happens sometimes. But I had to make sure that which you... Which is so interesting. Yeah. Because she's talking to her like she's an equal player in this game. Like, it's so weird. This is fully Game of Thrones now, and she's, like, acknowledging Cynthia as a player. It's And is, like, wild. you need to admit that you lost. And I didn't get everything I wanted. And sometimes that happens when, you know, you bet with stakes like these. <laughs> what is happening? What's, Are they bonding? Like, you win or you die. Like, what's happening? So In the Game of Thrones. <laughs> you- <laughs> so Cynthia's like, I'll tell my dad everything. And Patricia's like, do you want to bet who he'll believe? And Cynthia's like, oh, he'll believe me. He's a father. And Patricia's like, I'll bet you two reals. And Cynthia's like, what? And Patricia immediately starts to shriek and scream and like claw at herself and pull at her own hair. She like throws herself into furniture yeah. and is like knocking things over. And Cynthia is like freaked out. She like takes a step back. She doesn't even understand yet what's happening. She does not understand. Essentially, as soon as Cynthia can collect herself, which takes a second or two, Patricia has thrown herself onto the ground and broken a piece of furniture and is clawed up like her neck and chest and like hit herself across the face. And Cynthia has come forward now to be like, stop, stop, and like try to pull her hands away. And of course, the father comes in and is like, oh my god, you attacked her. What are you doing? And Patricia's like, I just said that it was okay and she wanted to call me mother and she went crazy. No, I just asked her if it would be okay if I called her my daughter. Okay, that's a little bit better, but still bad. That's like even more like, I've never done anything wrong in my life. Yeah. But yeah, and she's like, and she just attacked me. And the father won't even let Cynthia, like, Cynthia's like say I didn't. anything. And he's like, no, I can't even believe that you would do something like this. You are grounded literally forever. You are grounded forever. And they leave with Patricia sort of, like, simpering on his arm. And then Patricia comes back into the room and she goes, you owe me two reals. <laughs> I was like, that's the best. Incredible. 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 This woman's a sociopath. <laughs> it's so great. She should be in, like, that revenge tv show or like yes i don't know one of those like like succession or something one where rich people are just mean to each other yeah so cynthia's only allowed to go to school and come back home and that's it that's, that's it she's real bummed out and it means that she is super duper not going to be able to see freddie prince the next day at the school thing or at the wherever they're having the shoot. At thing. the thing where he's like trying to meet DJ Cinderella. Yeah. And so she ends up watching this all play out on like a giant screen for some reason. Just for extra sadness. 
because because Bay is like Bay is filming this. Bay is filming it, but it, that does mean that she's watching YouTube on a giant like wall sized TV that's on the floor, so that she can dramatically put her hand on Freddie's like giant face <laughs> on the screen in front of her. Yeah. So Freddie Prince is there. Bay's recording him, and there's a crowd of girls. Bay is the one that's navigating all of this, and he's like in a different room. Yes. And she's like, I am going to look at the shoe, which she doesn't. And then, like, if it's the right shoe, then you can go see Freddie. He's in the room back there. And I thought maybe he wasn't, but no, he was. Like, I thought maybe there was a trap. There's not a trap. Nope. Patricia shows up with Graciel, and she's like, Uh, hello. It was my child's birthday party that you saw DJ Cinderella at. And Bay's like, oh, yeah, this lady actually might know for real who it is. I'm going to prioritize her. And people are like, but we've been waiting here longer. And it's like, no, we're looking for the right person. It's one of those things where I don't understand why they think they have a chance. Yeah. On a technicality. Yeah. It's just bad Because it's not a competition. It's not even like, oh, if the shoe might fit you. Like, oh, that no one knows who this princess is. The shoe might fit me. I know I'm not her, but like the shoe might fit me. How small could her feet be? And then I'll be princess. So I get why people show up for that. But like, why would you show up for a thing where you have to have a matching shoe that you very obviously don't have? Like, what are the odds that you're just going to pick? Like, guess the right shoe. Like, it's bananas. Yeah. But anyways, so... She's just brought backstage, like back to the other room, and Bay never looks into Patricia's bag. Yeah. And it's still the bag that Cynthia just gave to her. And so they waltz in, and Freddie's like, No, I, I really don't like this is really not like this isn't you. And Patricia's like, No, you know what? I was so offended that you would doubt me and you would doubt my daughter. You know, she is the real deal, but if you need it, here's proof so that you'll feel bad and apologize. And she hands him the bag and he pulls out a shoe, but it's the boot that Cynthia wore with her regular outfit as herself. Yeah, it's just like a black not shoe. On the same night. Yeah. yeah. So it is the shoe from that day, which is kind of a funny technicality. Yeah. And he's like, like, is this a joke? Like, what's going on? And Patricia immediately figures it out and pivots. But Graziella is like still committed to this. And she's like, I just, I love you so much. Your biggest fan. And then he pulls like a very sweet move, actually. She starts to sing his songs at him truly horribly. Like they were bad songs to begin with. And then she does a real, real bad job. Yeah, but he does something so great. Yeah, he's like, you know what? Like what you did wasn't cool. Like, I don't like that you lied. But I can tell how like passionately you feel. And I feel so passionately about DJ Cinderella. Like I'm in love and I get it. And then they hug and she keeps clinging to him and he's like, okay, okay. And Patricia has to like literally pull her off. Yeah. But I was like, that was very sweet. Yeah. That was very diplomatic. Yes. That was very kind. Yes. Good move. What a gentle way to let someone down by being like, I only have eyes for one girl. Like, I'm completely in love with this one specific girl. Like, it's nothing to do with you. You seem so great. I just, like, I'm so romantic, and I'm already in love. Yeah. And that's what you love about me. 
how much I love. And you can't be mad because I'm in love. Yep. Love. So, yeah. So Patricia storms away with Graziella and goes, revenge is best served cold. And Bay consoles Freddie for being sad that she didn't show up. But then she's like, you've tried to see her. And like, if she, like, she had the chance to show up. If she wanted to be here, she'd be here. Yeah. If she hasn't come. Yeah. And he's like bummed, but he's like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So we're at school and Lara is super excited that Andre is taking her to prom and also that Freddie is going to play a last big concert. Before he leaves on tour for like forever. Yes. And Patricia calls the school and is like, oh, on behalf of Caesar, I'm donating a bunch of computers to the school because I'm so awesome which they have done already before yeah like there's a precedent yeah but what she's doing is she's having an it guy donate computers to the school so that she can hack the school system and get access to the platform so she can go in and change cynthia's grades from very good grades to very bad grades which by the way is like the most realistic hacking movie scene i've seen in a really long time (laughs) like that would work yeah that is a great way to accomplish yep. that. You could absolutely do yep. it that way. You just way. get in and you get a thing that has a matching VPN and then you can just log in as you and then just change the grades. But while she's doing this, Giselle walks in and sees her changing the grades. And Gis- and this is the sister that is not the favorite. Yeah. And one of the things Patricia has said throughout the movie to Giselle is the truth hurts, but it makes you stronger. Every time that she says something super mean. Oh, yeah. That's like her fully her catchphrase. Oh, yeah. For real. So Giselle has come in to say that, you know, hey, dad is home. Patricia then pretends to be really nice to Cynthia and is like, oh, you should go to your graduation party. You've been so good. Like, you should go to prom. Caesar, you should let her go to prom. She's been so good. Well, part of that is that the two daughters want to go to prom and Caesar's like, but I thought prom was just for graduating seniors. Patricia's like, yeah, and their family. So that's why. Oh, okay. That's why she needs to come. Okay. Because the girls want to go to prom. Yeah. So they go out dress shopping. And Cynthia tells her dad her dreams about school. And he's a little bit receptive. He's like, you know, I'm not sold, but like, I'll think about it and we can talk about it later. And so they get home and Patricia's like, oh, let's check her grades. And Caesar goes, now nah, we'll do that later. And I'm like, well, then why did... This is that stupid thing that they do. Anyways. So Cinch is like, I'm going to go iron my dress. I got a pretty black dress. Patricia offers to iron it for her. Yeah. And Cinchy is like, no, I'll, I'll iron it myself. It's and fine. then she goes to iron it. And then Patricia flags down one of her daughters and is like, tell Cynthia that her dad's calling her yeah and Cynthia is like oh okay and she takes her iron and she sets it down facing away from her dress and vertical yeah the way you're supposed to yeah and then she leaves the room and as soon as she does Patricia runs in takes the iron and puts it flat down on the dress and then just leaves the room and shows up in the room like in her dad's like office or whatever yeah where Cynthia is like did you, you call for me? And he's like, no, I didn't. And Patricia's like, honey, yes, you did. We were going to look at her grades. Yeah. This movie is so convoluted for no reason. No. Like, it's one of those girls that draws 
a thousand curly cues on their S's and you're like, you don't need to do that, Stephanie. Like, it's fine. It's like a town haunted by a spiral. Yes, very much so. So they look at her grades and her dad is like, you failed two classes? And since so she's like, no, I didn't. Like, no, not even for a moment is she concerned. She's like, no, I didn't. And he's like, like no, you got like an F in history and a D minus and like geometry. I think they were using like on a scale of 10. Yeah. And so her 10s got changed into like 5.5. Yeah, like fours and fives basically. And she's like, nope, something's wrong. I definitely am getting top grades. Like I'm a straight A student. That is wrong. And then the sisters come in screaming because there's a fire. And since she is really upset about this dress. So she's upset and she immediately turns on Patricia because like, obviously that's obviously, like yeah. what's burned through. And she immediately turns on Patricia and she's like, I didn't leave it like that. And Patricia's like, you should be more careful. Obviously you did. And she's like, no, you must have snuck in here and did this. And Caesar's like, she was with us the whole time. You're being ridiculous. And at this point, Cynthia lunges at Patricia. Yes. Because, like, like who wouldn't? Who wouldn't at this point? And her dad catches her and stops her and is like, I barely know you. This this is outrageous behavior. This princess life has to end. And is like, You're, you can't go to the prom anymore. So she gets sent to her room. Patricia shows up in the fancy red dress and is like, you ruined Graziel's dream. Would it hurt you to be more gracious? And then locks her in. Yeah. And you're like, what's... Anyways. And not only that, her cell phone is in the room that she was ironing the dress. Yeah. So she's locked in. It's prom. For some reason, the parents are going to prom with the children because Patricia's wearing like a full on like prom dress. Bala gown. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Maybe prom is not like a direct translation. It said like maybe like a graduation party of some kind that for some reason parents would go to and would have. A DJ. But I didn't see any parents there, I don't think. I mean, the principal was there. For a school dance, the principal could. I, it's fine. It's not important. And then we're at prom where her friend Laura's there with Andre, who continues to suck. Well, she announced that she was going with Andre. She's there by herself and she's calling him on the phone and he keeps not answering his phone i think they showed up together and she's just lost him maybe so she's but we just see her alone we don't see her yes with him and so she calls him and she hears his phone ringing nearby and turns and sees him silence the call and go into prom with another girl (gasps) which like Oh, I didn't realize he was going into prom with yeah, another girl. He's going into prom with another girl. He's like, put his arm. It's like the hot chick from the party. <gasps> oh, no. Yeah. So Lara is heartbroken because this is definitely a worse time to find out that your boyfriend love interest is dating someone else. This is definitely a worse time than at a club with your friends. <sighs> anyway, so she calls Cynthia, but Cynthia obviously can't answer her phone. So she calls the house. And Patricia is like, what are you doing calling someone's home? She's grounded forever. Go find a new friend. And hangs up. And Laura's like tearfully like, he just broke up with me. And I don't think he likes me. And I am so sad. And I need to talk to Cynthia. Patricia has zero emotional response to this. 
And when Caesar asked her who it was, she's like, I was like a telemarketer. They were trying to sell me something. And he's like, did you buy it? And she's like, no. Well, okay. <laughs> but also, like, there's no way that the twins know what's going on with Lara's life. There's no way that Cynthia has told her anything. So what happened is she picked up her home phone and a screaming teenager started to sob about how her boyfriend doesn't love her. Yeah. Like, at a certain point, I would also be like, honey, I'm so sorry. You know, if I didn't have your friend locked up in a room upstairs, I would have to give you the same answer of like, you should find different friends. I don't know what to tell you. Good luck. He sounds like a shitty boyfriend. Bye bye. I just like, she was so like me. She, she I don't was, know. But it was just. She wasn't just like, wait, why are you calling? No, you can't talk to her. She's grounded. She was like, she listened to what she was saying and was like, your friend is grounded for a really 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 long time you should get a different friend so since she's crying freddie is backstage somewhere playing his terrible music to himself bay is like i'm gonna miss you so much when you're on tour and also stop moping for your princess like if she hasn't showed up it's because she doesn't want to and then we get like secret agent music and helena is climbing like a 30 foot hedge and falls out of it which the movie has set up earlier because that is also how she got her the costume yeah for dj cinderella yeah which was at a different location but like they were like why did you like sneak in and she's like well i wasn't invited and i didn't want to talk to your father yeah but that was a fence that she jumped over that was a normal like four foot high fence this is a 30 foot hedge just... and it's full-on playing like mission impossible theme music it was amazing no, I just, I love that we already know that this is something she would do. Yes. Like, it is no less impressive, but it is fully in character. Agreed. Agreed. Which is a wild thing to say. But yes, like, I thought this made sense. I thought the movie set this up well. Yep. I was a big fan of Anne Helen coming in to rescue Cynthia. Yeah, so Cynthia hears her name being called and she, like, goes to the door, but nope. Uh, that would be like a normal thing to do. Helena is on a construction rising platform and is just going to come in through the window and is like, hey, your friend called me. I'm bailing you out. You have to go to the party. I've brought you a dress. And the dress that she's brought is the blue dress from the beginning of the movie. That she last wore when she was 15 and is now 17. And is like, it's kind of musty. Helena's like, it's fine. It's just like, I literally, the last time I wore that dress, my dad broke up with my mother. She's like, uh, this dress doesn't have, like, good associations for me. Like, I don't want to do it. And her aunt is like, you don't have a lot of party dresses, so how about you be grateful? <laughs> and she's like, you know what? Yep, thanks for bringing this one. Yep, and so she pairs it with a leather jacket, which is amazing, because it's this blue chiffon dress. It's actually, like, a very iconic Buffy the Vampire Slayer look. Because she, like, in the first season finale, she's wearing this very flowy white prom dress. And she puts a leather jacket over it. And that's how she goes to, like, save the world. And, like, they also hung out at a teen nightclub the entire time. Yeah. And I'm just, like, wondering, like, I don't know. Maybe Patricia's an evil vampire. Maybe she's a literal blood-sucking fiend. Yeah. So she gets to prom. Laura hugs her. And is still defending Andre. Like, 
I still know that he loves me. Like, it's weird. Lara was worried about her friend, but she still wants to tell her friend about the breakup. Yeah. Helena is sort of on board with this. And then she sees the DJ. Who is Rafa? Her ex now. Oh. And And he is standing at the DJ table with another lady. And she loses it. She goes over to him and starts yelling at him like, "How? now I know why you didn't want me to come to the city. It's because you've got this floozy with you. And honey, you don't even know. Hilda just goes in this huge thing and then starts just like... Okay, but what she's actually saying is like, and I know you left because I didn't call you often enough and I wasn't there for you, but you should have known that I was telling you that I love you the only way that I can. And you should have set me straight because like, obviously I love you and I can't believe that you left. And like, she's saying all of this really angrily. <laughs> it's the best. But she's taking a lot of responsibility. Oh, it's so And great. it's like, you should have called me on my bullshit instead of leaving. Uh, like absolutely. you should have told me step up and I would have stepped up. And he's like, I didn't know you felt like that. And she's like, well, now you do. And now we're back together. And she starts making out with him. And she's very aggressive to the lady. She's like, yeah, you should leave because this is my guy and I love him and we're together. And you like, there's nothing for you here. You keep on walking, lady. And this girl is just like, I'm very confused and leaves. And so she, Helena makes out with Rafa for a little bit. And then it's like, who was that? And he's like, literally, I have no idea. She was just standing here. <laughs> and Helena's like, oh, sorry, lady, I'm sorry. <laughs> She's like, hey, girl, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> My bad. That was rude. Helena's <laughs> the best. So cute. So at this point, I've lost interest in the movie because the only resolution I care about has just has happened. already happened. Yes. Helena and Rafa are like back together and they both seem really happy about it. And she's being like more affectionate with him. Like she's got her arms around him. Yes. So cute. It's so cute. Anyways. So Patricia is urging Caesar to send Cynthia to boarding school because it's the only option. So I maintain that Patricia is in fact Meredith Blake, just like a couple of failed plans down the road and getting progressively more and more desperate. Is that what she was saying? Because I, my sub said intern school and I wondered if she meant like trade school. My sub said boarding school. Like an apprenticeship? Why would she go to boarding school if she, oh, she, they, they think she didn't graduate. Never mind. Well, because they think she didn't graduate, but also like instead of paying for her to go to college, like, well, she can't go to college if she didn't graduate. But like, if also, she has to redo a year. They want her to redo a year at a boarding school. That's so mean. Yeah, she has to do senior year again at a different school. Yeah, like the worst. Oh. Yeah. So Giselle shows up with Diego to introduce him to Caesar. Patricia's like, "Oh, is he famous or rich or powerful?" And Giselle's like, "No, he's just a normal boy, and he likes me." And Patricia's like, "Well, that's disappointing." And we get the the truth hurts, but it makes you stronger line again. Diego does not know what to do with any of this. Nope, that poor boy is just lost. So Cynthia has taken over the DJ gig and is playing the Freddie remix song that she was playing at the birthday party. On account of her feelings, I guess. I guess. 
Freddie comes up to Cynthia and is like, "Yeah, so for some reason, oh, so Freddie's at their high school prom. This was like his last gig before he goes on tour. Why? Who knows? And so I don't know. And I think they're at the nightclub again. No, I think they're at a different third location where the prom is being held. But anyway, so she's she's playing the remix. He comes up and he's like, "Oh, weirdly mean to her. Oh, he does a full on like." prince henry is a dick move where she's like oh i saw your message and he's like you're right love is an illusion i agree with you and she's like no no like you've got it wrong and he's like no no i understand it's very obvious you've made it you've made it loud and clear that you don't like me and she's like no that's what i'm trying to tell you i do and he's like yeah you're not gonna make a fool out of me anymore it i'm done embarrassing myself it's he's such a jerk it goes on for so long but also, it has the tenor of, like, a child who's never been mean before and being like, well, I guess we can't be friends anymore. Yeah. So, Bay introduces Freddie to, like, the, the crowd, I suppose. And he sings some more songs. And then the hot girl who Andre was with is, like, mean to him. Because he's like, oh, who even wants to hear this lousy music? And she's like, me, you're an idiot. And she leaves him and goes over to the rest of the party and Andre's like uh all right fine glances over sees Lara and is like oh easy target and he goes over and sort of puts an arm near her and is like hey I'm sorry I stood you up before but there's space in the queue now and Laura's like nah no absolutely not she parrots back like whatever he was saying to her in my version it was like you had your shot and he's like oh would you rather be alone but Bay has seen this interaction and breezes up past him and goes, who said she was alone? And, and she's like, is he bothering you? And she's doing the like, I'm Bay from such and such channel with my 2 million followers. How are you? He's like, oh my God, you are her. And she's like, yeah, and we're friends. Yeah, it's- And like, they flounce off and it's very cute. I, I wish that they had had a romance. I thought that that would have been cute. I got it. That's like. I got a gay vibe. That's what I was hoping for the whole time. But it's fine if they're just friends. Like, that's really cute, too. But I, got, I just thought they were cute together. I but anyways, also thought they were cute together. I got that vibe so hard. So they're walking past, like, a bunch of photos on the wall. Because it's, like, graduation. And so it's, like, photos from their yearbook. And it's a photo of Lara and Cynthia in their uniform standing together and Bay's like that girl looks really familiar but I can't place her and Lara with like zero guile is like oh that's because she's DJ Cinderella you probably don't recognize her without the mask it's amazing her name's Cynthia she's my friend we've been friends forever yeah do you want to know more about her and then like I swear to god like I don't know if Brazil does like a social security number equivalent but, like, both Rafa <laughs> and Lara would have given that out. It was it was wild. So, Bay tries to tell Freddie again, like, hey, no, I actually found your girl. I know why she didn't come. I know I told you that, you know, hey, she probably doesn't want to come if she didn't come. But it turns out she was locked in a room. Freddie's not interested in hearing this for some reason. Well, he's also like, yeah, I know who she is. And Bay's like, no, look. And she plays him the video of... Cynthia like playing the piano in the same dress at the party where her parents publicly broke up because he was cheating on her mom and also he yelled at her after he fell in a pool which I'm like 
yo, if this girl is an influencer with two million followers, do you know how long it would take her to find a video in her phone from two years ago? Like, so she shows him the video of her playing the piano, and he's like, oh my god, it's her. I've been dreaming about her for years. Have you? You haven't mentioned that, like, at all. You were in love with DJ Cinderella. You, you Whatever, didn't even man. share a loving glance with her. Like, that was not, you didn't even have a moment. It was so weird. No, like, she bumped into you backwards. You didn't even really talk. She, and like, she thought you threw a shoe at her. It was, and, like, I'm sure if he tells her that it was Patricia, she would believe him instantly. Yes. But, but like, like, also, like, she does think he threw a shoe at her. Yes. Anyway, so since she's like in tears and is like, I'm, I'm leaving, I'm leaving. And Laura's like, no, 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 you got to wait. You got to wait. And so Freddie gets up to the microphone and is like, I ask a girl to dance with me, whatever. Well, <laughs> he's like, usually I ask it later in the night. But for some reason, this girl keeps running away. So I'm doing it now. And then like, yeah, he calls her up by her name. And she's like, oh, my God. But my dad is here because her dad's at prom. Yeah. And her friend is like you gotta go like you gotta go i mean he's literally already called you by name like it's not yeah like there's a and also i think at this point helena and rafa have stopped making out and are like go get him girl yeah it's great so she takes off her leather jacket and her mask and like goes back in and we get a little bit of a slow motion shot as she's in her pretty dress and she goes past her stepsisters and everyone like backs out of the way like the the crowd like clears the path for her yeah but patricia jumps in and grabs Cynthia's shoulder and is like, I am her guardian. She is underage, did not have permission to be here. She's not even graduating. And then, you guys, mom shows up. You know. I have a problem with this. I also have a Why pro- didn't mom get called, when, like, earlier? Like, three days earlier? It's, we... Because they specifically, this is specifically planned. She said, like... After she rushes in and the whole situation is disarmed. I'm sorry, we're going on this tangent now, but that's what's happening. She like specifically says, I told your Aunt Elena not to say anything. I wanted to surprise you and be here for your prom. And the outfit that she's wearing is the same outfit that we saw her wearing during the phone calls. So even though she looks beautiful with stylish hair and whatever, like she's definitely like off the plane from an archaeological gig and has not stopped anywhere yeah and went straight to prom she's wearing indiana jones clothes yes yeah she's digging up mummies in japan in japan literally that's what she's doing like canonically so it was planned for her to get here did nobody contact her earlier because she's not like i came as soon as i could she was like i'm so glad we planned this surprise earlier and then we did it exactly how i planned and no new information changed those plans yep it was bananas but yeah so mom shows up at this point and is like take your hands off my daughter and i was like okay i did like that i did but also it very much had a like get your hands off her you damn dirty ape it was such a weird moment of like what's happening because you know what we're really not used to in a cinderella guys a mom yeah a mom just being there like you know sometimes we have a very corporeal mom ghost yes or we have like a tree or a bird that is speaking with mom's voice or like a or like an elderly servant who has basically raised you and is very much a mother figure but this is like a whole ass mom who's like actually here to protect her her child 
She's mad. She is mad. And then... And the principal is right there, by the way. Oh, and the principal... I love the principal, by the way. The principal is great. She is... Fen- she's phenomenal. But Patricia's she like... She looks like a supermodel. Yes. She's like this beautiful, elegant black lady with curly natural hair. And like, she's always wearing something so cool and stylish. She looks- even though she teaches at a private school with uniforms, like there's always something like interesting going on. Yes. And so she's dressed also like for a gala. And as she gets pulled into this, she just gets up on stage, takes the microphone and goes, Cynthia has enough credits to graduate. She has good grades. Uh, there seems to be some confusion. Let's discuss this later. I love but her. She's definitely fine. And that's it. That's how that's resolved. <laughs> it was amazing. So at this point, oh. Giselle oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. walks onto the scene and is like, I know what happened. Mom got into the school software by donating a bunch of the computers. And I saw her change Cynthia's grades to failing. And her mom like whips around at her and is like, what are you doing? Don't say that. You're like crazy. You, you didn't see anything. Child. Like You're- she's She's like a bad kid. She needs therapy. And Giselle looks her dead in the eyes and is like, I mean, the truth is hard to hear, but it makes you stronger. And so then there's just a weird nothing that happens where the principal's like, cool, um, no more drama. Let's party. And Patricia just leads. We're not going to ruin this celebration for everyone. We'll discuss this later. And Patricia. Which I do appreciate. Like, I think that's correct. Yes. Uh, but from a movie standpoint, that's weird. From like a principal at a prom standpoint, yes. From a I'm watching a movie standpoint, no, I would like the drama, please. I'm, I've, I've waited. It's what I'm here for. But Patricia I mean, just they've takes... let us down at every possible plot point. Why, <laughs> why not now? So Patricia takes Caesar's hand and just like storms away with him for some reason. And mom is like, okay, let's go dance. And hang on. I have, she goes up and sads awkwardly. Yeah. I don't know what that means. I don't have any notes. <laughs> Me neither. Uh, so since she goes up and she's wearing the right shoe and he gives her the other shoe, which like, these are sneakers. There would have been a lot of lacing going involved, but whatever. But then he sings one of his terrible love ballads at her, which I'm like, that's a nightmare. Oh my God. And then he leads her down and he spins her once. And then they're dancing a little bit. And this song is called Love at First Sight. And I'm like, okay, fine. At least they're having fun. Giselle and Diego are having a good time. And Graziella's mad about this because no one is making her the center of attention. Mom is happy with Helena and Rafa. They're all like happy having a good time. And then Freddie kisses Cynthia. And then we get another Cynthia voiceover. Yeah, with like a time skip. Yeah, Cinch is like... So, a small one. So Cinch is like, yep, so that's how our story started. And Patricia has gone back to her very poor family, I think, to live with her own terrible mother or stepmother or boss and has to do, like, a bunch of terrible dishes and, like, toilet plunging. Okay, so it seems like Caesar and Patricia have broken up. Yes. For some reason, the girls are still living with Caesar. Yep. And Patricia has moved in with her mom, who's very mean to her. She's a tiny, tiny lady. Yeah. And and she doesn't, like, say anything particularly threatening. But, like, she's just, like, scary. Yeah. It turns out that Cynthia and Freddie are both in London, having a great time. Lara is doing the, like, video camera work so that Bay can interview them. And they're just happy and having a good time. 
And then they're now like a musical duo in which he sings and she DJs, which and that's what they do together. I don't know if they mean like live or if she's just a music producer. Well, like, is she a DJ? Like DJ Khaled is a DJ. Well, like he's not actually like. Well, so they we see them then performing at a club where he has a guitar and is singing and she is DJing next to him, which I'm like, I don't think that's I, I don't know that you can. I mean, that's sort of like doing like drums or like synth backing to somebody's performance, but it's not usually like what? presented as DJ. Yeah, it was weird, but they're they're having a good time. He's singing possibly a new song. I really couldn't tell. They were all so bad. They all sound exactly the same to me. Yeah. Every single song he sang could have been different parts of the same Literally song for all I know. would not have been able to tell. And they they kiss on stage and there's a freeze frame and they're having a good time. And then we're done. We're done. This movie's over. That's the end. Yep. So, highs and lows. Man, okay. So, my high was the kind of chemistry that the actors had with each other and the way that there was like very playful banter I thought I really liked the way that Freddie and Bay teased each other yeah there are some interactions between Lara and Cynthia that I thought were pretty fun and like a lot of the back and forth with Elena and Rafa like I thought a lot of the characters played really well off each other and even when the writing wasn't quite there, like it was still like very charming and fun yeah. and cute. And I liked the back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. My low is like whatever Freddie's deal was in the last third of the movie, or like, I don't know, like the whole last third of the movie is my low. I don't understand why anything in the last third happened the way that it happened. Yeah. It, it had really bad vibes. I don't know. Like, the first, like, two-thirds of this movie, I'm watching it, and I'm having a great time. And I'm like, you know what? This is really fun. I'm making some weird choices, but I'm having a great time. Sure, sure, sure. And then it just, like, tanked the ending in a way that I thought about it afterwards. And I was like, you know, I really didn't like it, but maybe it wasn't that bad. Like, No, it was. Maybe I'm overblowing it. And then in having this discussion, in recording this podcast, I'm right back to where I was, like, as soon as I finished watching it. Because I'm like, no, you know what? I don't like that. Nope. That was a lot. I really did like so much of the beginning and hate so much of the end. So that's my low. Like, the entire, like, last third. Bad. How about you? My high was definitely the Elena Rafa story arc. Ah, yeah. Elena's behavior, Elena's growth, Elena's like punchlines and eccentricities. And as much as she's played to be like the kooky aunt, which she is definitely the kooky aunt. She's a she's a certified weirdo. Oh, a hundred percent. But she she does learn, she does grow, but she does it without changing who she is. So it's it felt very honest, it felt very real, and it felt very respectful to her as a character to be like, hey, yeah. she can fix the things about her that are not good without changing the things about her that are not normal, because those are not the same things. Yeah, like, she's still, like, brash and kind of abrasive. Yes. And, like, like a lot, basically. She's, she's a lot. 
she's just like a lot she's like turned up to 11 all the time and she's still all of those things but she also is like looking at Rafa and saying I love you and And then kind of like pushing him on the shoulder and then also hugging him yes and then like like showing him affection and telling him like how she feels which I love that. I love that the answer isn't like, well, he should just know that's how she feels. Yeah, like, no, they were together for two years. She was still being very much just like standoffish and aloof. And he was like, okay, I guess all those times that you were saying that you don't love me and you're not into love and this isn't a long-term thing for you. I kind of thought you were joking for a while. You've been making this joke for a while. I don't think it's a joke anymore. I guess I'm going to go then. Which is like very reasonable for him. Like, yeah. So I love their I love their arc. Their arc was my favorite thing, hands down. It was so cute. My low is this movie's concept of what not not even like a punchline, but what a reveal is. Like, oh, <laughs> how do you set up narrative tension? How do you do foreshadowing? How do because they're like, we're gonna foreshadow this thing. It's right here, but it still has to happen later. We're gonna build this very long, convoluted, complicated thing. And then we're just going to make that thing not matter at all and walk around it the other way. We'll be like, there it is. And you'll be like, oh, what was it for? And we'll be like, nothing. Nothing. That literally doesn't matter um, whatsoever. There's like no connection between setup and payoff. None. And there's also like no connection between place where you're like, ah, the ball is the thing, the party that she DJs where she has to leave at midnight and she leaves a shoe. But then we go to Club Midnight. And then we go to Club Midnight again. And then we, and then go, we to, go to a different location. And possibly. Like, and then the shoe montage is at a different place. And then there's another. And you're like, what are you, what are you doing? What are you, if you're going to have the three party thing, that's fine. But that's very obviously not what you're doing. Because you don't know enough to do that. Oh my god. Learn how to set up a joke. <laughs> but also at the same time, this movie is pretty short. And so the solution isn't cut half of this. It's like actually film the movie that you should have filmed. Yeah, it's it's not that you have too many extra things. It's that you don't have enough things that are supposed to be in your movie. Like, okay, for Ashen Puttel, we were shocked that they chose to spend like 20 minutes over this 90-minute movie on carp shenanigans. But it did all tie in and it was internally consistent and it did make sense. And it was just the one weird thing. They didn't have all these carp shenanigans that never made sense and never led to anything and were in no way part of the plot and weren't any fun. Like, this movie is so inconsistent in its storytelling. It spent so much time on that party two years ago from both of their perspectives as if there was some conflict that the other perspective would, like, shine a different light on. But that's not what it did. It was just, like, a technique that they thought was cool, and so they did it, and it didn't serve any narrative purpose. And then it didn't come back again, because I don't think we get a voiceover from him, even in moments where they're from his point of view. It's why, if you're both telling the story, why aren't you telling the story anymore? And if you're not, then why did you tell it at the beginning when you didn't really reveal anything? So I guess, like, cohesion... Like, the cohesion is my low. Yeah. So what would you change about this movie? Oh, my God. I don't know how to answer that. I would do to this movie what Cynthia did to Beethoven's Fur Elise. <laughs> just, like, destroy I it. would take the first half of it, and then I would just write a different movie that's better 
in my opinion, <laughs> over the second half of it. That's fair. That's fair. What would you want to change? Uh, uh, yeah. Um, I would like to remove the entire Andre, Lara, Diego, Giselle. That's what, just those four characters, just delete them. You literally don't need them from the movie and then actually film the rest of the movie. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think our listeners should watch this? No, you'll, you'll be disappointed. Yeah, you sure it will. It will be fun and you'll be like, I don't know, this seems pretty good. And then almost imperceptibly, you'll be like, I don't think I'm having a good time anymore. And also looking back at it, I feel like, the time that I had before was worse than I thought it was. Yeah. And I just don't like what has happened. That'll be you if you watch it. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. So final grade for this movie. I keep oscillating. I think it, this is really hard for me because I really liked a lot of this movie, but I have had an equal amount of things that I didn't like like pretty intensely. Yeah. And so I don't know how to balance those two because the good stuff was fully tainted. Like in retrospect, I did not enjoy this film. Like yeah. looking at it, having finished it and thought about it a lot. Yeah. I had a bad time, but at points during this movie, I was having a really lovely time and maybe, maybe that could happen for somebody. I, it is either a C minus or a D plus, I think. And no, this movie is a failure. It's a D plus. It it's not okay. It's just bad. Like it's bad. It's a D plus. Okay, okay, fair. What's your grade for this? I'm giving this one a C. Really? Yeah. I really. Yeah, I don't know. I loved Helena. Like, her energy was just so chaotic, and it drove the plot forward very much against the movie's intention. Like, it very much felt like Helena was just dragging this screaming child of a movie to wherever she wanted to go, and that was funny. Interesting. I liked that Sancho was not into his music at first. His music was terrible, but he's a terrible white boy. Like, I was, at this point, I was really happy that he wasn't Elvis, and that he wasn't a pop singer. And I was like, you know what? Terrible moody guy with a guitar. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. You know, if my option is pop band or Elvis impersonator, that's fine. I hated that the father was alive and was so terrible and would have really liked him to have a comeuppance of some kind. But I did love that the mom got to follow her dream of being an archaeologist and then also got to come back and save the day. Like, it kind of messes up the concept of it being a Cinderella, but, like, I liked it. Okay, here's how to fix that. They should not have had her be able to talk on the cell phone with her. Yes. That would have literally solved the entire mother issue. She should be out on a dig in the middle of nowhere with unreliable cell service. And Cynthia should try to call her and just be not able to reach her. Yes. Like, that should be the reason why mom can't come immediately but then is able to save her at the end. Agreed. Because otherwise, it's like, did they not tell her? Did she just say, hang in there, hun? I'm almost done with this dig. I'm following my dream. Like, yeah. And then there should have been a bit at the end where Patricia should have had like a screamy breakdown. And Caesar should have been like, oh, no, I've made such a mistake. I've 
I really made a mistake and have Anna, the mother be like, nope, um, I didn't. Thank you. Like that was, you know, that hurt. The truth hurts, but it makes you stronger. Like you are not the kind of person I want to be with. Turns out I love archaeology more than I loved you. And I have a great daughter. So thanks. Uh, good luck with your terrible shrieking hen wife. Goodbye. Yeah, that's beautiful. I also like the idea of telling of him being like, I want a divorce. And she's like, well, I don't. And he's like, well, I'll I'll just still get one then. And she'll be like, well, remember how we signed a prenup and you said anything you want, sweetheart. And now half of everything you own is mine. So, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that also would have been funny. Like, I would have liked there to be some sort of thing. So, yeah, as much as this movie was dumb, couldn't tell a story and had horrible pacing and a lot of characters I didn't like. I didn't have as bad a time as you had for some reason. Probably because I didn't have as good of a time in the beginning. So the the, oh, the sour turn at the end. I, was... I really liked it. I thought this was going to be an A. Uh, see, I thought this was going to be an F coming into this. Like, you were pumped going into this one. And I was like, I'm dreading it. You were like, hey, can we put off watching this for a week? I'm like, we could put off watching this forever. I'm fine with that. So, like, I was going into this with incredibly low expectations. And I was like, eh, the first two thirds of this were like, not horrific. I'm only kind of annoyed about this. This is mildly irritating. This is this is no worse than one of the Cinderella stories that I truly hated. So it's like this is fine. And then it took a weird turn at the end and I was like, eh, it wasn't really going that great to begin with. But like, sure, C is fine. So that's that's where I am. You know what it is? I got emotionally invested in these characters and oh, in these plot lines. Big mistake. And then like when Cynthia was like trapped in her bedroom and genuinely sad, like I was feeling sad. And to see that like not get punished in any meaningful way and for there to be like no repercussions for the father, like that really bums me out. It was just so disappointing. I found Freddie so unlikable at the end. Yes. And he was just so mean. And they did not have enough interactions to balance that out. Like, but I also didn't really. I like didn't really Cynthia. believe the romance. See, I liked her. Like, I thought she was cool and spunky, she, and like she was just kind of. I don't know. I didn't like her that she was okay. I didn't dislike her, but yeah, you you liked this movie at the beginning, and you were betrayed. I was meh on this movie in the beginning, and so when it took a sour turn, I was like, meh, meh. Wow. So yeah, see, that was fine. Well. It's almost midnight. <laughs> oh, God. So thanks for joining us for DJ Cinderella. If you liked this episode, please leave us a rating or a review. <laughs> We'd love to hear from you. So follow us at CinderPod on Twitter and Instagram, like our Facebook page, or email us at thecinderellapodcast at gmail.com. If you want bibbidi-bobbidi bonus episodes or to hear us discuss this week's Cinderella, but with more adult questions, language, and beverages, Join us on the Ever After Party at patreon.com slash cinderpod. Our intro music is Bad Ideas by Kevin McLeod, and you can find him on incompetech.com. So, Liv, I'm scared to ask, but what are we watching next week? Next week, we're watching Three Wishes for Cinderella, the one that was remade in 2021. I'm so excited about this. <gasps> oh, I've... oh, the Norwegian yes, one. Yes, yes, the Dutch one. Ah! The one I was like, I couldn't find it online. And I was like, I will fly to Denmark. I swear to God, I will buy a plane ticket to Denmark to watch this movie. I am so excited about this. I can't wait. It's on Netflix, which I figured out how to make work again. So like, I'm so excited about this. Ah!
I'm so excited too. I can't wait. Okay. Well, until then, dear listeners, I hope you have a happily ever after.